Hey, this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. All right, it's time for another Vital MX Moto X Pod show presented by our wonderful sponsors, Racetech and Boyson. There were no races to talk about this week, so I guess we'll talk some football. How do you feel about this, Scott? You want to talk some football? I feel a lot better about it than TJ does. TJ, football talk? <laughs> yeah. All right. It's Niners terrible. Nation. Oh, Woo. God. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we'll see what we can come up with. Uh, I am excited about our guest lineup, which includes Star Racing Yamaha's Nate Thrasher, Mad Parts Kawasaki owner and racer Bubba Polly, and we've got a pre-record with Luke Clout that I did the other day just because it's a pretty significant time difference. You guys should enjoy that, though. Uh, but once again, I have both my co-hosts in studio, on his phone, supposed to be working the cameras and YouTube, but you know he can't be bothered. Scotty Thompson. Do I need to show the YouTube that I've got that I'm chatting YouTube? Well, that means you should you should worry about that. I'll handle the chat. Oh, I gotta <laughs> I'm just mess with these. What's up, Scotty? <laughs> hey, it's not much. Just glad to be here. Are you? Yeah, no, not really. Okay. <laughs> it's been rough. Yeah. The show just yeah. hasn't even started before. Yeah. All the off air stuff, TJ. I had to hand him a tissue a little while ago. Nah. Yeah. He was a little red. But TJ Smith in studio also. Yep. Yeah, he's he I thought he was gonna Cheery-eyed. I think the show is pretty good with three of us in here, but yeah. you know, part of him hates it. Oh yeah, he's he's not. I I don't feel like he's. I I feel like his whole childhood he was probably getting stuffed in the lockers, but he still never <laughs> coped with it. Oh, maybe that's a good that's a good point. Do y'all do y'all really like legitimately think that I that I take it that bad? Yeah, no, no. Scotty, no, Scotty, not at all. <laughs> You're fine. Yeah. Very, very. You're you're so strong, Scotty. Thanks, man. So strong. I strong it. and beautiful. <laughs> so strong. Just, it was so impressive how you finished that uh, enduro like a man. Didn't just leave with your sore hands from <laughs> his hands. His fingers weren't sore from working the clutch. <laughs> that lever pull. Oh, it's so tough. Oh, my God. I'm dying. <laughs> Do you got something important to say? or no. Not really. That's why I'm making fun of you. I don't have much to talk about in the first 30 minutes before we get to Nate Thrasher, so I figured we'd bash on Scotty for a little bit. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Give me your best. All right. It makes for a fun Boyson open discussion just it to does. talk it some does. smack. Speaking of the Boyson Racing open discussion, Boyson's Factory Racing's Rider Support Program is a comprehensive support system for motocross and off-road riders. The program offers participants exclusive access to Boyson's products, yearly discounts, and the potential to become one of their new product development test riders. Join the community of Boyson Factory Flyers by visiting boyson.com today. So, if you guys like Boyson products, go sign up. How could you not like their products? You may get a chance to get some free products or some discounted products or test them and help them develop something. Seems pretty cool. They How are, long has Boyson been in the industry, too? That's kind of amazing. I mean, they it still be around? Yeah, I think they I started before, around the time Jesus passed yeah, away. I mean, before FMF, and they were making two-stroke products back in the day before. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I'm probably. just saying, it's, it's kind of awesome. It's and they're also com- company. a sponsor of the Bike of the Day on Vital MX, which... 
that doesn't really have any connection with the Moto X Pod show exactly, but I picked the bike of the day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you guys follow Vital and want to post your photos of your favorite bikes on the Vital MX Bike Checks page, I may pick you as a Boyson Bike of the Day. That's kind of cool. Get a little spotlight on the website, on the homepage. So whatever days you don't pick it, it's when I need to well, post mine. No, we, we only pick them on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and I just go through and And look. you're the only one that picks them? Yes. That's, so mine will never get picked? Probably not. I, I would pick Scotty's if he had a bike that ran. <laughs> I, got, I can send you a picture of parts of it. Let's make that the bike of the day. <laughs> can you send us photos? We'll do that for Friday. Yes. That would be perfect. Do you need to send the pictures of my just framed out no, bike in yeah, the garage? I just want, yeah. Scotty's bike in parts. That'd be two, perfect. It's in two garages right now. <laughs> oh, three, technically. Yeah, thanks actually, to- yeah, it's three. <laughs> wow, it's all over. It's all over the continental U.S. Oh, I'm, I'm tangled up here. Uh, yeah, so we got a few things to get to. It's going to be fun. Since there was no racing, I asked you guys to pick a couple riders, not the top three or four guys, not the Jet Lawrences and the the Eli Tomax that you're kind of excited about watching how they develop this year and how their season goes and why. So does anybody want to start? I can. Yep, let's go, TJ. Who you got? So, Just give me one. And we'll- yep, Volan. I'm so... I'm sorry, I, I'm interrupting. But and for you guys listening to this segment, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Send yeah. us your emails. and We got some good emails to go through this week. But let us know what who a couple guys are that you're interested in watching and why, too. Maybe we'll read them next... Well. <laughs> The next time we do a show, we're going to take yeah. a few weeks off. Anyway, go ahead, TJ. Volan, I really think Volan is going to have... Maximus. Yeah, he's going to have a really... Um, a, 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 how do I say this? A spotlight on him. Mm-hmm. Because he struggled a lot last the last few years. Off and on, some of it was maybe the bike. Some of it was him, you know what I mean, being young. Who farted? It was Scotty. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> Whoever smelt it, dealt it. I don't, I don't smell, smell nothing. I don't smell anything. It must be your upper lip. Maybe yeah. it's me. So you mean you maybe did- it's the mixture of Febreze and cigarette smoke? That's true. <laughs> so anyhow, um, I think Volan would be somebody to really keep an eye on and watch. I'm really actually excited to see what he can do with it because a lot of guys get on that PC bike, and the way that Mitch runs his program, some guys really excel from that. So what do you ex- like? What do you, you're excited to see him? Do you have expectations? Do you kind of have an idea? Do you, do you think he'll it- get his first win? I said it before, I 100% believe he'll be on the podium. Okay. Um, I think things will have to work out right for him to get a win. I mean, it's the West Coast, so uh, I'm sure he'll be on the West Coast. I haven't heard anything official. I'm sure Mitch hasn't dropped that just yet, but he's from out there. He lives out there. He wants to be out there, so um, he could. Yes, he could definitely get a win in, in outdoors for sure and possibly Supercross. Thoughts on Maximus Volan? Yeah, do you think the uh do you think the the P, he kind of touched on it a little bit. Do you think the PC ride is like is that that the move that really makes the difference for him? I, I think it's gonna make a a bit of a difference. Um one, because it's a fresh start and at uh at KTM there wasn't a lot of focus on Max. Roger mm-hmm. kind of ignored him a lot of times. Roger's yes. pretty well known for not paying much attention to the 250 guys unless they're winning, probably. And he wasn't getting a lot of attention. And mm-hmm. I think he'll have a, a, even though there's a lot of riders on PC, I think there'll be, I think he'll get more attention anyway. Yes, absolutely. And having a change like that usually does riders yeah. a bit of good. So I think for those reasons, not necessarily because the bike is so much better. I don't know how he feels about the bike. But, I do know. But because, what's that? Well, I, I do know. How, he loves the bike. Yeah, he I, is, I've heard that he loves it, but I, I don't know that, I guess, 
you may know, I haven't talked to him, that yeah. is it so much better for him? It's so that, much better. He loves it. Okay. So, because him and Doc are buddies. Yeah. And so, and I just, and I don't have any inside knowledge, but I know Doc has told me that he is really, really happy with the bike. Like, seriously. like I just didn't know if it was, like, so much. Like, he's just happy with it, or, oh, wow, it's night and day better for him than the KTM. I, I think it's night and day better for him than the KTM was, because I don't think he ever actually trusts the KTM. Mm. Like, the K, the Cowies are so much more of a... I guess you'd call it like a, a solid platform. The bikes, like you rode Cowie. How often did that bike just like jump up and bite you? Yeah, never. Exactly. And so you, and but, you the, ha- but the Husky didn't either. So actually, I like the Husky better. Yeah, fair enough. So, but I'm just saying, like that that generation of that 250 and yeah. the factory bike that they were on. I don't think he was ever. I don't think him and other people were ever comfortable. Look at um, Cooper. Like those, those guys never could get comfortable. Right. With it. Did well, you have more to say? Yeah, would you would you say that technically you really only should kind of judge Max on the 2023 season because he kind of jumped into the ranks so early. Well, and he and had much injuries too, so yeah. Yeah, and it's you, like, I mean, he went from, he literally went from like the 125 schoolboy class to A1. Like, yeah, yeah. And so I think that, you know, it's we've always had these expectations of him and we've always rooted for him to do good. But I don't think it's his really only fair assessment of him is is the last couple of is the last year or so, and and I think he was getting better. So maybe that jump to PC, he's comfortable with the bike. It's a a, a more predominantly two fifty team that he's on, so they're focused on just that. I, I that's a good pick. I think that I'd like to see what he does too. Yeah, I definitely don't count his first two years as far as how I judge him because of, I think round two or three, three or four, maybe year one, he got hurt. Might have been Houston or the week, one of the Houston rounds in 20 or 21, I guess. Yeah. And then I, he got hurt again the year after that. So, yeah, I can't even count those years, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to base everything off last year, but I just think he's going to be a lot better. I know the Insta bangers and all that stuff don't mean much, but the kid looks like he's just flowing, and he has so much technical skill, that BMX style, because he grew up riding BMX, and at the Kawasaki Test Track, he was the first one that jumped that quad that we've been seeing everybody on Instagram jumping, and even Adam seen Cirillo said, yeah, he, he hucked it before I did. And yeah. He's just, but he, he looks like he's just flowing and very comfortable. So I have high expectations. Yeah, good pick. Uh, you want to give yours? Um, are we staying with the 250s? It doesn't matter. It yeah. could be, yeah, they could both be 250, but it does, it's random. Okay. Um, well, my one of my ones for the 450 class is going to be uh, is we kind of talked about a lot last show too. Is is Hunter Hunter Lawrence? I I think that he's going to really be better than a lot of people think that he is. See, I, I think he I think people already think he's going to be good. So is that, is, I don't well, think he's got top three or four. Like a, yeah, that's why so I kind of chose. Yeah, him. It's fine within the parameters of what I asked for. But yeah, I, I expect him to be really good, especially after just watching at Paris. He looked good. You think it'll yeah. be a consistent good? Like, do you think? Yeah. When you say good, when you say good, do you think he will always be in the top five, or do you think that he'll have and, some? Unless something happens, like I don't. I don't see. And, like, let's ask it like this: how How often do you see him losing to AP, um, Mookie Anderson, even you know, even Roxon, you know, Cooper Webb? He already's beat Cooper. Yeah. That, that, Pairs like how often do you really see him losing to those guys consistently? Well, so that's okay. So I I would say consistently top seven. Yeah. Um, because I see consistently he's going to get beat by Cooper Webb. Once we get into super the real Supercross season, Cooper Webb will be fine. Yeah. He's going to be Cooper Webb. He he should he almost won the championship. So he gets year. beat by Jet, Eli, Cooper, Kenny, 
Can you think Kenny be consistent yeah. in front um, of him? Yeah, and I, uh, why, I, I still feel like there's one we're missing. I'm what? sure there is. Anderson? Yeah. Huh? Anderson? Anderson's a guy, a guy that I, I think will be about the same level. Okay. Yeah. And, and Malcolm, I think, will beat Jet some, or Hunter it's, sometimes. It's, and, you know, I'm kind of changing the subject a little bit, but it's kind of interesting how this year is turning out. You know, we've had the last, for, well, for as long as I can remember, it's been the, oh, it's the stat class, anybody can win. I don't look at it as that anybody can win. I look at it as it's like the that battle for third, fourth, and fifth, sixth is going to be where the race is at. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So you think we go back to a time when we had Carmichael and Stewart? You know, like the, the the class favorites, like what Chase Jet and, I, uh, and Chase is the one. Yeah, we didn't mention Chase. Yeah, yeah. Chase. So that's the other With one. Chase, that's who we're missing. Sorry, Chase, Chase Jet, I know and you're uh, I think Eli are going to be on another level than what those other guys are. I mean, they uh-huh. kind of, they kind of proven that over the last couple of years. Um, so I think that that, that's going to be a, a category of right. battle. And then that, that third to seventh is going to be pretty crazy too. Barsha. I mean, do you see, yep, that's another you, guy, that's guy see, on my list. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like, I'd be, and then the, yeah, that's, that's who I think Hunter's a good one. I think it's going to be exciting to the parameters of what I asked for. It's going to be exciting to see what he does. I think he's going to be really good. And, and the, the the whole topic of bringing these guys up isn't about are they going to win. It's just who you're excited to see. Yeah. So yeah. I, I am excited to see what Hunter's going to do. And I, I would say consistently a top seven, probably a couple podium. Maybe I'll go one podium. Probably see, the- last last week when I had my hot take that he has more podiums than those other guys, y'all said that, y'all said that that wasn't really that hot, but that he's going to have to have more more than one podium to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Is that a good point? We're probably, I mean, just, we're probably just trying to talk shit on you. I don't, yeah. know. I don't know. Yeah, no. we're not super consistent here. No. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like forbid that. I bring yeah. up a good point. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my first one's going to be Malcolm Stewart. Oh, uh, he was going to be one of them. You're mine. excited yeah. to see Malcolm? Like, I am. Crowd favorite. Very exciting to watch, but go ahead. I, I, I guess it's his can, take. No, no, <laughs> no, fine, no, no. My question on your take is, Is it? are you excited to see what he can do or just decided to watch him ride? Because I don't... Both. Because I think he's gonna be good. No, like I'm not. I'm not like. Oh my gosh, is he gonna be good? Is he? He is. You know, what I mean, I, I think he will. I, I was about to say surprise people, but if you look back to what he did last year, that's what I mean. Raced two rounds, uh, led a one for a while, crashed. Uh, yeah. I think he was taken out. Was um, was it? Was it freeze? Some God, I can't believe somebody went down. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, there was a. In anyway. the two, is he in the two fifty class? No, no he's more but. <gasps> He led a one. He was fastest qualifier at round two, which was San Diego. Yeah, because yeah. because Oakland got rained out. Um, he crashed in both, of them and he got hurt during the week. So he was a guy that looked like he could win. He had yes. he definitely had winning speed. He's been trying to stay healthy. Obviously, he he did his knee in, but um, like not you know we we talked about how he wasn't. The stu- the Mookie speed in the whoops wasn't as fast as years previous because I think he's backed it down enough to try to be safer. So I expect him to be consistent, but he's definitely consistently a fast enough to win. Yeah, I know he hasn't got a win yet, but I think there's one coming. I'm not going to say he's going to win, but I think he's going to be real. Cl- I'm excited to see if he can win yeah. or yeah. does win, and I just think he's an exciting rider when yeah, he's that, on. He, I'm with you. He's a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah, uh, he was one. He was on my list too. Yeah. And then he's just. His personality. I just love his personality. Yeah. So I'm excited to have him back. Who, let me ask you it like this: Who has a higher percentage of winning a race, Mookie, Barsha, or Hunter Lawrence? Hunter. 
You think Hunter has a better chance of winning? It's really tough to say. Yeah, that's why Hunter's I asked never it. He never Hunter's never officially even raced at 450 Supercross. So I, that's probably I probably answered too quickly. Yeah, Barsha has won some. Hell, he won. Won. He won. A he won what? Three years in a row. He won a race last year too, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Wasn't it four? Think, years? I, I won one last year. Wasn't it four years? I think we only had five winners last year, and I don't think Barsha was one of them. Didn't he win four he years? Almost was it four years in a row? But the one year that they went to A one and they just videoed. Oh God. <laughs> So he, he he was winning that race against Roxon, right? And then he, I'm gonna say I'm changing my answer from Hunter to Barsha. Yeah, well, that's what uh, bring me to my but next person. We got to move along a little yeah, bit, but bring me my well, next person was Barsha, and the reason why is because Barsha's getting closer to the end of his career. Whether it's mm, going to be two years, see, three years, thing to take into, yeah. And I actually I'm excited to see that because. In a way, those vet guys that are always towards the end, whether it would be Wyndham or like back in the day, I was, you know, I've always kind of been a fan of the vet riders on their way out. Right. Um, sort of getting off topic, though. Of our... No, this is this was on my Nobody list. Picked, did you pick Barsha as your guy? As your next? As, as one of, yeah. As oh, because my... oh, I, I, he said something about Barsha, and then I thought we were just still. No, I, I'm moving so he's your along. other guy. My other guy is Barsha. Okay, okay. Because good, he's good. like the JB10, the Wyndham, mm. the LaRocco's yeah. towards the end. I, I just, I think Barsha is that guy. And he's yeah. having, they're having, just, they're having fun racing, and I'm excited to see what he can do when he's having fun. When there's not a, a crap ton of pressure on him, I'm just, yeah, Barsha fan. He, just, he won East Rutherford last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's hard to go. Hmm. Okay, I, I don't mean, think he gets a win this year, though. I don't think he gets a but win. But I think uh, the percentage or the odds of but, those three, I'll go with him. But what you said was a person you're excited yeah. to see. Yeah, 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 Barsha. Yeah, he had a good run at the end of last year. You okay? Who's went, your next one? Oh, uh, my next. Yeah, we got we got to get moving on. Um, my next one is uh, he's. I guess I was going to say who one of our guests on the show tonight, Nate Thrasher, but he's he's kind of considered top three. I think. Well, we didn't pick him in when we were the week yeah. that TJ wasn't here, and we were talking about who our favorites were. We did not pick Nate Thrasher. That's why he's on the show. Is because one of our listeners called us out for forgetting about him. And, yeah, and I did for sure. Yeah. So okay, well then that if that's I don't gonna... disagree with you. I do think he's a title favorite. Yeah. For some reason, we forgot about him though. It's hard to do the two fifties because you could say it's a title favorite, but if all the Dude, top he won like three races last, but year. like if the top ten guys show up and they all happen to ride it's, east it's or just, west coast, yeah, the coast thing is right. just really it really sure. throws it off. Yeah. Oh, then uh, then I'll say I'll say this. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with with Hymas. Chance Hymas. I think excited about him. Yeah, yeah. I think that sure. this this will be his kind of full real real first year. Yeah. I'd be excited to see if what he, he can do. What he can do. Yeah. Race Tech. For nearly forty years, Race Tech has been supplying motorcycle industry the industry with high quality suspension components made right here in the USA. From modern to vintage, Race Tech is your go to source for suspension performance. Race Tech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. All Race Tech products are 100% guaranteed to made in the USA. So go to racetech.com, find your local service center, get to know your service tech. He's probably at the local track with you. Get your service stuff, your your suspension serviced. And he probably paid fluids. attention during the class. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to say that. Okay, moving on. Race tech. Oh, oh, now he's no, getting. You, you, you got those tissues ready over there? You gonna start crying? <laughs> what, what was I gonna? I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Go ahead, go ahead. We're moving on. All right. Uh, so my my next guy is gonna be Enzo Lopes. Yeah, Enzo's transferring from Club MX to Star Racing. Uh, let's see here. 
Last year, fourth in Denver, fifth in East Rutherford, fifth at Glendale, fourth in Seattle. That's exactly what you're no going to get No podiums. This year. That's exactly what you're going to get But he's gotten better every year. He's gotten a little better every year. I'm not saying I expect him to be better, but I think the potential to be better and get better finishes on a what I think most would consider a better bike, a better training program, we're going to see a little bit of a step up from Enzo. It all depends on, like like we said earlier, the coast-wise. Yeah. But if you have guys like Deegan, he's racing against, guys coming into the class that are getting better, I don't know. That class is, I mean, hell, just that team yeah. is stacked. But I'm excited to see what he can do. Another guy like Malcolm, who I think is just a great personality, fun guy to be around, fun to watch him. Yes. I would love to see him get his first podium. I think he gets one. A podium. A podium, yes. Yeah, I so, can see that. Yeah. yeah. Thoughts on Enzo or Yeah, well actually it kinda of made me think of a question. Who who do you who do you think has a better year? Enzo or Anstey? Is Anstey is Anstey doing the two fifty thing again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go Anstey probably. You think he has probably, but yeah, yeah. Do, do, I, I, think you, Anstey, yeah feel, I think Anstey gets more than one win. Do you feel like his position in that in the title chase last year was was kind of just happenstance? He just happened to be the guy that was consistent, or do you feel like he really was one of the Anstey? Yeah. No, I think he really. Yeah, I think he's improved quite a bit, and he's getting better every year. And then he did these off-season races, and you know, won. So yeah, I think he. I think he can win. And That's gonna. I'm gonna I think him, he will win. I'm gonna add him to my list of think, people I'm excited to see. See if they can do it again. Okay. Uh, all right. So we got about nine minutes before we get to Thrasher. Another thing I want to bring up, non-moto related. Hope you guys don't. Are we doing this now? Are, well, we don't know. Let's let yeah. finish. Oh. It's not probably not what you're talking about. God, he's so rude. Oh yeah, not the. Football yeah, I'm sorry. Just, uh. I asked you guys like what some non-moto podcasts you listen oh. to. Most of us, most everybody listens to moto podcasts, obviously, if they're listening to the show. But w- what are some non-moto ones? And we're not going to have time to get into everybody's right now, but let's start with you, TJ, and maybe we'll finish this up at the end of the show. I think my top three would be Truth and Justice, uh, Bad Friends, and just recently really got into Modern Wisdom. Okay. Give me like a little rundown of what you like about Truth and justice, because they work really hard to free people who have been wrongfully convicted, and they actually do it. They actually have gotten Mm -hmm. people out because of some of the stuff they have uncovered, and they use their listeners to help move. Like, listeners can help get information, and it's a really cool podcast. Um, Bad Friends, because it's an absolute, complete waste of time, Hmm. and nothing, just, just nothing but laughing for an hour and a half, and... They're they're not they're not political. They don't worry about like you can listen to a year old podcast and it's just as relevant and funny mm. as now. And then um, Modern Wisdom, the guy's from Europe and he's living in Austin and he, I mean has some amazing guests, people you would never think to have on like like a, a CEO of a of a company that you would never think of and just just does such a good job of not making the podcast and the interview about him, mm-hmm. making it about the person and asking the right questions. Cool, cool. Moto X Pod Show at gmail.com. Let's get your list of favorite non-moto pods. Another thing we can talk about, some more involvement from you guys. We're gonna, we might have a new segment here in a little bit that I also want to get you guys involved with, so we'll get to that. Uh, Scotty, you said you don't really listen to very yeah, many. Well, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you said that you don't listen to very many non-moto pods but you do listen to some stuff on watch some stuff on youtube so what well, well I, I i figured I'd count well, that. not not just youtube like on like uh mostly tv and stuff but oh, I, so we're okay so we're not listening all right okay it's fine it's, it's okay 
there, well, I do. I catch, have to change things for you. You're I a catch. Slow. I catch a lot of like. I see a lot of clips on Instagram. Like I go through. I scroll yeah, on Instagram yeah. a lot, and so I see a lot of like sixty second clips where I probably couldn't even tell you the name of the podcast. I see them kind of frequently, so I I kind of get mine. If it's something interesting and it shows up on my feed, then I you know. Well, all right, so give me an I example of something that you'd find interesting. Then, uh, the ones the ones when they start. Uh, where they kind of like start, it's it gets kind of political, I guess. But uh, where they start talking about like, like exposing how like younger generations how how poorly they think and like how like exposing people for like being a lot of trash and stuff. On. Yeah, he likes exposure. Yeah, but uh, just like stuff when it's like it, when they when they call out or like a ranking. St- I see a lot of like ranking stuff. Of just anything in general. Yeah, they'll rank like like random stuff or I don't know. It's my it, I'm all over the map, dude. Yeah. TJ, do you feel like he? He said with the, the younger generation. Do you feel like he is the younger generation? I don't even know what he's saying. Yeah, like, just things that are like five seconds long. It doesn't matter yeah. what it's about, as long as it's quick. Catches my catches my attention. You Sixty like seconds. No, I don't have TikTok. Just Instagram. See, and based on what you just said, I feel like TikTok. You'd, you need to stay away from it. You'd be, you'd be locked in. Yeah, stay no, away from it. It's I bad just, for you, bro. No, well, t- no, no, I don't I don't like that stuff. Well, but t- you just the, said you did. Isn't like the from what I've heard is that the user agreement on TikTok is like horrendous. I don't know what that means. All I know is that I know. it's gonna show you about you don't five know what a user agreement is? Well, I I've never like read it or whatever. I'm just saying it's, what it's I'm bad. It's, what it's, I'm saying is when you open your TikTok, your algorithm is gonna be six second clips of things you find interesting. I, just, you, I never said six seconds. You just said quick. Yeah, but six seconds? I no, I was exaggerating. Yeah, but I, I I keep up with a lot of uh, I keep up with a lot of football stuff. Like I, I watch, I listen to a lot of I listen to the radio in the car. I don't really like plug in my phone and listen to a podcast. I listen to like uh, whatever like the, the radio stations, whatever sports guys like Dan Patrick or Colin Cowherd or stuff like that. I listen to I listen to. So I guess I'm old in a way too. So I'm like young because I'm listening to Instagram stuff where it's quick stuff, and then I'm old because I listen to actual radio too. So. Okay. All right. Well, I've got shit a few. On that. <laughs> what? Go ahead and shit on that. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna move along. Move along. I, I like uh, Armchair Expert. That's probably my favorite podcast. Was Dak Shepard's podcast with? Oh, shocker. Yeah, that's. I mean, p- most people know that. I love. I've been listening to that for like six years. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yep. Whatever, TJ. That's probably I, my favorite. And then I listen to Office Ladies because I'm a big fan of The Office. That's. Uh, Angela Kinsley, who played Angela, and so yeah, that would just annoy me. Why? Just all about the it's just all they talk about is the office in general. They they go week by every week is a new episode. Oh, they go yeah, each yeah, episode. They kind of talk about well, this is what was happening behind the scenes, and this is how the script was. This was what was that would be pretty. Yeah, cool. it's like this was what was in the script, but this was what they what do you call it? um when they ad lib yeah, but there's another term improv improv. This was improved. Uh, so they kind of give you a breakdown. They're like, and if you look in the background, uh, so and so was breaking right here. They're starting to laugh. That you know, or it's just kind of a little behind the scenes things. And that sounds cool. Yeah, I, I, I like. I used to like watching uh, movies with the uh, with the commentary on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of. It's kind of like that. That's they cool. just break it down no. week by week, every episode, and then they'll they'll have. Sounds a little more interesting than what it did when you first said. Yeah, it. I, I I enjoy it because I'm such a fan of the Office, and yeah. I, like I'll listen to it, and then I'll go watch that episode and try to catch the things they talked about. Like, That's oh, cool. Yeah, 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 I see that. You know. So I, I, that's one I like. Um, Pete and Sebastian show is another one I like. Pete Corielli is a comedian, kind of grew up with Jim Brewer, and then Sebastian Maniscalco is kind of a big time comedian. Uh, they they do a show every week that's about an hour, hour and a half, and it's just pretty much just I'm talking about like 
things that happen to them on a plane or happen to, you know, yeah. and they just kind of talk about and what, whatever's going on in life. And that's like bad friends. Yeah, I, I need to check that one out. You keep talking about it. I bet so, I'd like it. It's so retarded that it's funny. We, should we bleep yeah. that or just leave <laughs> it? Yeah. Oh crap! I forgot about that. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, I did. Got to be woke. I haven't. I haven't followed it You've much been lately. I, I Please, fo- somebody cancel me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Uh, I haven't really followed it too much lately, but I used to watch a couple podcasts that Theo Vaughn was on. He's a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I, I see him, and then like, uh, is that to do with the mullet? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I I followed that stuff, and I've seen like, uh, oh, uh, what's it, San, Santini, Andrew Santini, the redheaded guy. He's always he does one with Bobby yes, Lee. That, yeah, that's bad friends. Oh, that's bad friends. So you see, oh, there you go. I see a lot of the clips, and I, I think it's funny on. You should uh, listen to Instagram. the whole thing. Yeah, I, never, I, should. I never go back and listen to the whole thing. I also listen to like the Eddie Trunk show, which is a music one. Yeah, Eddie Trunk's for he was that metal show, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So he does his he has his own show on satellite on Sirius, and then he breaks it some of the interviews down in the to, podcast. I need to. I'm going to write some of these down. Yeah, and then uh, Talk is Jericho, which is Chris Jericho's pod. Like he'll do a lot of music ones, and but then he'll do wrestling ones. I don't listen to those. I just listen to the music ones usually. Yeah, the mechanic. No, that's what that's. <laughs> That Jer- metal show. His that's his nickname, and he's his nickname is because he's such a Jericho fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He. I, I think he actually has a Chris Jericho tattoo because he's a super like WWE fan. But yeah. the real Chris Jericho. Okay, I was just- who also has a band, a metal band. Has, does like he'll do like um. No, you're. I, I get it. I just yeah. was like. I thought no, you were but about like it. the ones I like, he'll do like a album comparison. It'd be like Metallica's "Ride the Lightning" versus Metallica's "Kill 'Em All," and they'll go song by song, like w- track one of which one do you like better and why, and they'll go to track two and they say, "Okay, what's what's the better album?" Mm. And different musicians from different bands will come in and do that with them, and yeah, like this is why I love this song, and they break it down usually musically, yeah, or whatever. So I, I enjoy that stuff. So those are probably the ones that are my favorites. Uh, I am going to start listening to the um, New Heights. Kelsey Brothers one. I've seen clips on Instagram and, and TikTok, and I'm like, that it's really funny. I especially want to listen to it after my 49ers beat the shit out of the Eagles yeah. to see what his response was. And yeah. then next week when they beat the shit out of the Cowboys, it'd be even better. Yeah. 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 Everybody's entitled to their opinion. All right, so I got to get wrong. Nate on. Um, what have you been up to today? You going to ride this weekend? I sounds like I'm going to be riding this weekend, possibly. Swans having their final... Practice, open practice. Did of you just the say year? swans is plural? Swans, like swan, like swan is, is having. Is swans, swans, swans going to. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, yeah. Because people around here do say I'm swans. going to swans. Yeah, I'm going to Walmart's. Well, I'm be, going to Shreesport. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> says Walmart's. No, yes, they, they do. Yes, they they do. do. Absolutely, they yeah. do. They're going down to, going the Walmart's. to Walmart's in yeah. Shreesport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm going to Swan to possibly. Okay. Yeah, what do you um, want him to say? I'm going to Swan MX Raceway Park. <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. And then I'm going to ride pit bikes at the house. Your yeah. What bike. did I see? You got you bought you got some new land and you built a little truck for the e bike. I bought five acres from my neighbor. Yeah. And um, yeah. Cool. So so we it's a new place to ride. Well, it's a rut. Some jumps. It's a rut track. Oh, that's cool. You need that. Uh, All right, WUSA brings us our first guest. W is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just to name a few, we have what you need. Visit WUSA. Use the promo code MOTOXPODSHOW to save tonight. WUSA brings us from Star Racing Yamaha, Nate Thrasher. What's up, Nate? Hey, man. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. How you feeling? How's your week been? 
Yeah, it's been good so far. Just um, getting ready, getting ready to go here soon. How close are we to 100% ready? Uh, we're pretty close. I've been riding for about a month now uh, on Supercross. So first couple weeks, I was a little rusty, but yeah, I'm <laughs> back up to full speed now. So yeah, we're feeling good. The bike's good. Uh, little, a lot of new changes to it, so which is fun. And uh, yeah, we're just still learning, but I think we'll be ready to go. What What will be the determining factor when you say I'm 100 percent, or are you ever actually 100 percent? Yeah, I mean, my body feels like it's 100 percent. You know, right. just uh, back on the bike, I feel like I'm going uh, just as good as I have before, or maybe even better. Right now, uh, I'm feeling good, so. Yeah, I think I'm ready to go uh, whenever they tell me I'm racing. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you guys don't know that yet. It'd be For some reason, they just can't tell us what coast you're going to be on. We just have to accept that. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, you said there's been some changes with the bike and some different things going on. Give, give me some examples. What are a couple things that have been changed that you like? Yeah, uh, the motor is still the same from last year, which is a good thing. So that's good. And then uh, just chassis-wise, I think just a uh, new bike, uh, new chassis, just kind of a little bit different feel. Um, just kind of trying to balance it, get the, the height the way I want it and stuff like that. But I think we're getting it a little bit better in the whoops. Kind of struggled last year when the whoops got slick a little bit with mm. the, the rear end. Um, but I think we're getting a little bit better now. So that's kind of what we've been working on through the off season, trying to get a little better at. Okay. So you talk about when you're ready and a lot of people talk about whether who's going to what coast. I know you can't tell us. I'm not asking that. He probably doesn't even know. That's what I was going to ask. Like, is it something that y'all kind of know, but you're not for sure? Or is it, we don't know at all. And you, or are you just pulling all of our chains and you know, and you just don't want (laughs) to tell nobody what's going on here? Uh, yeah. In years past, I've had no clue, but this year I kind of know which one I'm looking at so far, but you just never know. We're just trying to, uh, See who's kind of it depends a lot on who's ready to go and who's not and stuff like that too. Well, I have one follow up yeah. to that. Do you think that I'm not saying you would do this or but you, you have a huge team over there. You have like 27 teammates over there. Yeah. Do you have any guys that are like kind of sandbagging how they're riding just so they can ride west or, or I think east my knee coast? Hurts. Yeah, my, my knee hurts oh, a little bit, Bobby. I got, I got this problem in my back. <laughs> Turf toe. <laughs> Yeah, they may be. I don't know. Uh, uh, you, you never know. You know, it's uh, I'm not in their head, so yeah. it's hard to say. But yeah, you, you can't you can't trust a couple of those guys. Uh, you know that that Jordan Smith, he's a troublemaker. You can't really trust him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's fun though. Yeah, I hear you. Are they are they do in that scenario? Are they doing like time trials or races with you guys where you're kind of battling for those specific spots and they're evaluating off of that or is it just kind of who's ready at what time uh, it's kind of just who's ready at what time i mean there's always like uh, in practice there's kind of the top guys you know what i mean and then there's um ones that are a little bit under that and then uh speed wise you know just day in and day out fitness wise and stuff like that too so they're just kind of wanting to i mean they're obviously wanting to have two guys on each side you know what i mean like uh, a guy that can win on each side so they're wanting to put the best guys separate, I guess. Yeah. Are, are y'all doing anything where like y'all put, you know, those, you said those other guys uh, in front of y'all and y'all are trying to like catch them and do like kind of uh, like chase intervals, the, yeah, like, intervals, chase the, rabbit. Ch- chase the rabbit kind of thing. Y'all do anything like that? Yeah, we do all sorts of things. We do that sometimes. Uh, we do just normal fastest to slowest, slowest to fastest. Just depends on what the uh, Swanee's got on the setup for that day. What's your favorite? 
Uh, my favorite's not having to pass anybody, but so, so you like being not getting dirty, but yeah, you yeah. like being chased, not chasing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like chasing in a race, but right. in practice, I would uh, rather the other way around. So, Dan, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, about three weeks ago, it was just me and Scotty in studio, and I was like, oh, "Who who do you feel like are the 250 favorites?" And we got called out by one of our listeners because neither one of us mentioned you. Like, I legit, you just slipped my mind. And the guy was like, yeah, how quickly you forget. And he's right. Uh, you know, you were, you got a, a win last year, a couple seconds, you know, finished seventh overall. But like, you were really riding very, very well before you broke your collarbone and dislocated your hip and all that fun stuff. And I did. Yeah. I just kind of forgot about you, man. Do you feel like that happens a lot? Does that, if it does, does it motivate you or do you even care? Uh, yeah, it, it definitely happens a lot. I feel throughout my career, I've kind of been a little slept on more than others, but that, uh, that just motivates me. I'm just trying to be better. I'm not like a big guy on social media and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So it kind of just kind of goes under the radar, but yeah, I just let the, the riding do the talking and last year was good, but we got to clean up some mistakes and some, uh, yeah, try to be in the championship. We were in it for a little bit, but Hunter just kind of pulled away there, and then I ended up getting hurt, which was a bummer. But yeah, yeah, and, goes. and I will say I do feel like you're a championship contender. I just yeah, I, it was disrespectful of me of me to forget you, but I did, man. And it's just yeah, I suck. Yeah, that's <laughs> no problem. So, yeah, I know you don't race, really care, so. but I when the guy called me out, I was like, damn it, he's right. Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll yeah. see you come race time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I had a I had a similar question to kind of that when I was thinking about the interview tonight. Are you showing up day to day at the test track, and you're like in your head is I'm I'm a contender, I'm that guy? Is that how you're viewing yourself going into this season? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, last year, literally, I'm like my main competition's not in the class anymore. You know, mm-hmm. there's always going to be guys to step up, but um, I mean, I pretty much got second to him every race. I beat him one race, but every second every race uh, if i didn't crash you know what i mean so yeah definitely uh that's the plan this year uh, i'm just gonna take it one race at a time and put my best effort out there and if i win i win and if i don't i don't just give it 100 percent every night yeah so i have a, a little bit of off topic question when you're out there training we have this year we have a lot of the supercross futures being pushed you know kids being pushed that direction to get ready for supercross i'm sure some of those amateur guys are training and riding with you who's somebody that we should look out for this year as we're seeing the the a and the b kids coming into supercross futures and getting ready for loretta's uh yeah we got uh gavin towers on the team so that's somebody to look out for and uh not too quite sure on anybody else on any other teams but uh he should uh, be a handful Okay, so he is training with y'all. Yes, he is. Yeah, Gavin's a good kid. We know him. So yeah, we like yep. GT. Uh, yeah. So Nate, this is your fourth year going uh, Supercross season, and I've heard a few different people kind of say, you know, the vets say it really takes about three years to really figure it out. I know the teams and the team owners don't want to give you three years, but do you kind of feel like after last year, season three? that you have learned a lot and that it's a totally different ball game now. Has it been a gradual transition or pretty significant in the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, it's been, I would say just, um, just ever since I was little, just trying to get, I just get better every year. You know what I mean? Just get a little bit better every year. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I've been throughout. I mean, um, 
the first year I did get two wins, but outside of that, I was kind of uh, a little bit lackluster besides that at Atlanta there. Yep. But, um, and then I ended 2022 really good with the win at Salt Lake. I had some good speed that year, but just couldn't put it all together throughout all the main events, had some podiums I threw away and stuff like that. And then last year I was consistently a podium guy battling for wins every weekend and um, really not getting outside of the podium when I wasn't on the ground. So, yeah, I feel like every year's just gotten a little bit better and then just, you know, and I know I belong up there and then just everything that goes into it speed wise, I'm a lot better now just qualifying in first, second, third, every ra- every race, you know, and just stuff like that. So, yeah, I feel like this year it'll be a, another step in the right direction for me. And, uh, yeah, just keep learning and uh, that's all we can do. You mentioned throwing a few away and, and that, you know, every rider does that. How do you carp? carp- I can't even say it. Carp- Com- compartmentalize. Yeah, that word. How do you compartmentalize? Com- anyway, Com- how do you analyze that and make sure it doesn't happen again? And do you is that whether no matter what the case is when you throw throw it away, are you able to kind of figure that out, process it, and say, okay, this is not going to happen again. I know what I did here, and and then build from that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like last year, the first round, I ended up crashing and should have just kind of laid back i couldn't i had got a bad start and just was in ninth or tenth the first lap and passed up to fourth or something and then i ended up going down and that's when i tore my acl Mm -hmm. Uh, but i finished the night but it was kind of just you know rotted in from there um but then after that and i was pretty good up until daytona and then uh i got cleaned out in the sand there on the first lap and then I just need to regroup better. Ended up going down again after that, just trying to override, you know, just to come back. I was kind of frustrated. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was really the only two races that kind of was a uh, hindrance last year. I just need to kind of get over when I crash uh, like that, or somebody takes me out or uh, something doesn't go my way. I just kind of need to reset mentally and uh, be better at that. I feel. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of um, maturity too. And, and that's just happens when you guys go pro so young. Yeah, exactly. And then in that scenario, we were, we were, the points were getting closer and then, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was crunch time. So whoever could come out of that race had a lot of momentum. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So once I ended up going down and that, I just kind of blew up in the head and I need to get that under control for next time. Sure. So one of our listeners, John Sheets was asking if you're doing any riding on a 450 at all, like, and possibly doing stuff, I guess you'd say like on your off coast. Oh uh, yeah, that's not the plan as of now. I've done some when I was coming back from injury. I was riding 450 for quite a bit, just on outdoors. But um, yeah, not as of now. We're just focused on the 250 championship. Maybe uh, next year. Yeah, you get to ride a 450 a little bit, so you get used to the power of y'all's 250. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of the team, you know, the last few years, Stars kind of been the dominant team and known as the best program to be on. What are what are some of the things that you've seen in this off season that they've improved on or worked on to continue to be the best and are going to improve on going into this upcoming season? Yeah, they always um, strive to be the best. I mean, I feel like just every little bit they do, they'll go be up and beyond and uh, try stuff that uh, some teams want and uh, just try to give you everything you can. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if they're you're the worst guy on the team or the best guy. They're still going to try to give you everything, which is big thing for me and i was one of the worst guys at one point you know what i mean so uh on the lowest on the totem pole i should say Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's that's the big thing and when i was coming through they still try to give me the best equipment and uh sometimes sometimes teams probably 
um, the best guys on the team. So yeah, that's a big thing for me. And, uh, hopefully this year, yeah, we'll just get a little bit better. I think the bike's in a good spot. So, um, yeah, there's not too much, uh, there's a new chassis obviously. So that'll be a little bit interesting once we get into the race. It's hard to say in practice. So right. we'll have yep. to see come round one. Is, is there like anything specific that helped you? Like whether it was something in the bike or something in y'all's training program where, you know, kind of maybe one day you're like, Oh wow. Like I, I would be able, I was able to apply this instantly and now I've, I'm better for it. I wouldn't say just one thing really. I would say it's just, uh, uh, probably the regimen. It's just, uh, on top of each other every single day. You're just putting the same work every single day. Um, that would say that would be the biggest thing for me. Just, um, yeah, the discipline of it. So we also have a listener in the chat. I want to say this completely wrong, but it's Zaphoid Beeblebrock. Beeselbop or Beeselbrock. Yeah, yep. Remember, he had an email last week. I realized that is from Gar- uh, not Gardens of Galaxy. It's from a book. Um, okay. Anyway, go ahead. So, anyways, he wants to know if you're going to grow like a really big beard out this year. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, I can't grow too big, but uh, I can grow a little one. But it just stops growing for some reason. Like like no shave <laughs> until you win. Win one. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, hopefully yeah. we'll we'll be fresh shaved after the first round. <laughs> yeah, er, <laughs> like er, Ernesto and Ricky did that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, hopefully we'll be fresh shaved at the first round. I'll start fresh shaving and hopefully I can keep shaving it. There you yeah. go. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's what it's from. Okay. Yep. I, I re- recognized it after I said it last week. Um, Nate, I want to go back to your injury for just a second that you had last year. Broken collarbone, pretty common in our sport. Not so sure yeah. dislocated hips are that common. That seems like a very difficult injury to come back from. How was that for you? Uh, yeah, it was uh, honestly just in the moment. Like, um, it's just super painful, mm-hmm. um, obviously. And then the whole like uh, took just took a while to get it back in and all that stuff. So once I got it all back in and was out of surgery, I was like non weight bearing for about twelve weeks. Um, so yeah, that was probably the biggest issue. But once I got weight back on, it was just pretty much getting strength in it, and uh, that's pretty much it. Like it wasn't too bad. I had ACL surgery at the same time uh, to fix my ACL. Uh, So that was a little bit more of rehab and stuff like that. So um, the hip wasn't too, too bad compared to the ACL rehab-wise. Dude, I bet your girlfriend was miserable having to take care of you with all that crap going on. Yeah, I had uh, hip surgery, and then two (laughs) weeks later I had knee surgery, and then the next day after my knee surgery I had shoulder surgery. So, yeah, yeah, I had uh, one uh, limb that was working. You you better give her a nice reward or something. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lot of you know. Moms do that when you're a kid, but then the girlfriends or wives have to take care of it. And you know, as racers and men, we're kind of assholes when we're injured. So yeah, yeah it wasn't great. I was in a wheelchair for a while. So I bet. Hey, you know, with yeah. you were on the being on the couch for the end of the how last year went and everything, and seeing how the SMX played out, does. Just seeing the money that those guys made at the end of all that, do you do you factor that into your overall view of how you're approaching the season? Do you, you know, are you is the main goal to be there at the end for something like that, or is it just like just let's just get through Supercross? I mean, yeah, the main goal is obviously to be healthy at the end of the year, right? Um, but yeah, just right now, I'm just focused on one race at a time, and uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes. But obviously, the goal is to win Supercross, Motocross, and Super Motocross. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the main goal is now just one race at a time for me. 
Uh, you got anything else, Scotty? I've got a few like fun questions to ask him, but not. Um, well, I did have one. One I did want to ask is, you know, you're in that you're in that point of your career where it's like it's all on the table. Let's really see what we got, but and there's not much time for extra fun or outside activities and stuff. But is there anything that you're into outside of motocross that you've been able to put at any time in this off season into? Yeah, for sure. It's been kind of hard because uh, just was hurt so much, and then you can't do too much when you got were hurt like that. But um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a I love to golf quite a bit, and uh, right. big football fan. So yeah, and then uh, yeah, I took up cycling pretty good there. So I was doing quite a bit of cycling races and stuff like that too. Football fan. I mean, me and me and Dark uh, hate each other because he's a Niners fan and I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Where, Who's where, your team? Yeah, where are you throwing in the mix? I'm more of a college guy. I'm a Notre okay. Dame guy. Okay, Trojans here, but my team sucks this year. <laughs> yeah, we 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 killed them this year. Yeah, USC started out sixth, and they're at the bottom of the barrel now. I think they're, it's terrible. But it, my NFL teams yeah. are kicking it though. We're yeah, we're definitely having a big battle amongst ourselves before the show started between the with the, us with the oh, Niners yeah. beating the Eagles, and I think the Eagles beat the Cowboys this weekend. He thinks not, so that's yeah, that's going to be a fun weekend for us. That's yeah, that'll be a good one. Can't 20, wait to see that one. The argument between them was 20 minutes of my life. I'll never it was not 20 <laughs> minutes. TJ does not care like, about football like at all. It was like two minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, and then the golf thing. Oh, you know, let's do this. So a lot of riders, their hobbies seem to either be golf or gaming. Or fishing. Yeah, there's a few fishing. So yeah. do you game at all? Yeah, I do game a little bit. So if you had to pick one, what would you rather do? Golf. Probably golf. Yeah, I see that. I, yeah, I, I kind of used to crap on golf. I thought it was kind of lame, and I, I played in the uh, the fundraiser for MXDN a couple years ago. Two years, from, ago. Loose, two years ago, loose term on yeah. play. Like, one, yeah, year before last. <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> I, I tried, but I had fun, and I could I could see it's a lot of fun if you play with guys that want to play. It's, Unfortunately, my yeah. my whole team had never played before, so nobody really cared. Yeah, exactly. But even though I was terrible, I cared, and that made it not fun. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to play. Um, well, but, let me let me ask you this, Nate. Do you feel I I like golf because I feel it takes some of that mental focus that you, uh, is acquired for motocross, but it's not you're not going to get landed on, or I mean, <laughs> a golf ball might come at you, but uh, or, but yeah, you're not going to wad yourself up or anything like that. But it does take that mental focus. Do you do you feel it helps you in any way? to kind of have something like that that's safe, I use air quotes, uh, <laughs> yeah. and and be able to have that focus that you have to have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely some positives to it. You know, some people, you can take them out of the golf course and uh, see how they're going to handle pressure um, when they got a big putt you got to make or somebody like that, you got to get a good shot. So, yeah, you can definitely tell uh, if somebody can handle the pressure or they can't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean it's awesome. Um, trying to get a little better, but yeah, we're we're decent. But yeah, it's it's tough with our schedule and all that. I'd like to play more, but everybody I know that plays golf is just chasing the beer cart. <laughs> That's how I started. That's how I started. Now I don't even I don't even like to drink on the course because it like take I, it too serious. Yeah, yeah. You gotta be locked yeah. in. You gotta yeah. Be locked in. All right, let's have a, a few more fun questions here. I, this is a stupid one, probably, but win a race. What's what's your best trick? Can you Best do knack-knack, can-can, you know, uh, heel clicker? What do you got? You do a sweet boner ear. I ain't got much. <laughs> yeah, that's about all I got. Just, just I a can't whip? really whip. I can't, I can't <laughs> even whip that good, really. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, all right. 
Yeah, you might need to go to TP's place and use the phone yeah, pick and figure it out. Yeah, I'm all just in the heart. No, no talent, really. <laughs> <laughs> all right, join the club. Yeah. None of us can whip either. Uh, all right, um, give me, let's see here. I asked you, well, let's do this one. I asked, I sent you the text. What two guys, two people, alive or dead, that you'd like to have a conversation with and why? Um, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so I'd probably say Brady. Um, like he's the goat. Who don't want to talk to him? Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second one, I couldn't really come. I'd probably say Joe Montana. Oh, oh nice. Um, Joe Montana. Yeah, Notre Damer. Yeah. yeah, Joe Montana, Notre Damer. So, yeah, probably him. What so being as those guys are both legends in football sports athletes, do you have any questions you'd like to talk to them about? Like, do you have anything specific you'd like to ask? Uh, not really specific. Mm-hmm. Just kind of see how the like Brady handled the pressure and all that, and he wasn't didn't come from you know he wasn't super like knotted as a talented the most talented guy ever. Yep. Just uh, see what he did and. See how he kept his body so dang good for so long. Yeah, he really. Do that to mine. Both those guys really were not highly touted. Yeah. They were definitely coming out of college. Were not expected to be the superstars they became. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, good point. Yeah, so I'd kind of ask them how they got through that and how they worked. And obviously, Brady is was good for so long. See how he kept his body good, so I could race longer. And uh, yeah, just stuff like that. I like it, Scott. Anything else before yeah, we let him go? If, if you're not, if you're not pumped walking out of a conversation, or hyped up after walking a conversation with Brady, then you know something, something ain't working right. Something's wrong with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I respect Brady a lot, but I would definitely go Joe Montana first as, yeah. as an Irish oh, fan. Niners fan. But yeah, and yeah. I, Jerry Rice also. So, yeah, Jerry Rice is a great one. Yeah, it's, TJ doesn't know who any of these people are. Probably I do not know who these people are. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah. Well, now, we Scott, not, you have to know who Joe Montana is. Joe, well, yeah, I guess I know Only the name because of Joe Montana. Wait, because of those a, commercials he does. <laughs> he's like, you might have heard of Tom Brady. I mean, I don't know something. This, this, he's on the news, but I don't know what he, I don't know what he does. I know he was married what to team, Giselle. What team did Tom yeah, Brady play for? Yeah, he was. For like 20-something years. I have no clue. There's no oh way to Oh, my that. God. That yeah. is so bad. I wouldn't expect it. <laughs> I feel like you know who, who Joe Montana I know Joe Montana. For some reason, I'm thinking like with like the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> Why well, just no, spit everywhere? No, that would be Dan Marino you're probably thinking of. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. All okay, right. It started with an M. We got close. Should we, should we just mute his mic right now? Yeah. <laughs> Where's his button? Yeah. Well, Nate, man, hey, appreciate you jumping on here with us for a little bit. The season is a month away, man. We're almost there. You know, We don't know if you're racing in a month, but... Uh, you got to be ready to. So, yeah, keep it up. Yep. We look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. You too. That's Nate Thrasher jumping on here, brought to you by WUSA tonight. Um, I got my wheel. I got my order from WUSA. Talk yeah. Talked to Zane today. Well, actually, I talked to what is uh, John's wife's name? Uh, wow, Kristen. Kristen, I talked to yeah. her today. Yeah. Lucky you. She just answered the phone. <laughs> I didn't do anything special. Oh, creep side. Hey, man. If you <laughs> wait, keeper's right. Go ahead. So, what team did did he play for? Joe. Yeah, he was a Forty Nine er for most of his career, and then he played at um, Kansas City. Yeah, he did play at the Kansas end of his City. career. I must be thinking of something totally like, different. Well, the 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 Dolphins' famous quarterback was Dan Marino, same era as Joe oh, Montana. Okay. I mean, how do you like Brady went to like five or six Super Bowls with the Patriots? Like, how do you not? 
I don't even know who the Patriots are. Yeah, how do you not? Like, oh, that's the ones from the uh, like they're from the Midwest, right? No, the Patriots. From, they're from New England, from Boston, Northeast New yeah. England. Oh. Yeah. Like, how do you not even like stumble upon like a Super Bowl for like a second? Like, how is that even possible? Well, I yeah. mean, I can watch football and I know the rules, so I can enjoy the game, but I don't know any of the teams. That's insane. That really blew my mind that he could. It's a, it's I. It's almost like you know who Michael Jordan played for. Yes, the Bulls. Okay. It, it feels very similar to that. Like you should know that almost as easily as. Somebody. But I grew up playing basketball. Yeah. Well, not like 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 at school. But I just like, feel like most people that even don't follow sports still know who Michael Jordan. Michael is. Michael Jordan has tennis shoes named after him. Brady, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Brady's... that's. I I do feel like I would put Jordan above Brady on the famous importance level of yeah. sports a little bit. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think they're far off. But I know a lot about Jordan. I've like I've like. Watch documentaries about him yeah. and interviews and stuff like that. I, you know, there's been those about Brady too. Hmm? So there's been those about Tom I Brady. Genuinely, it's more, it's more recent. But yeah. I genuinely hate football. Why do you hate football? What is it that you hate about it? It's because people don't play it. What do you mean? So like basketball? Because, oh, because like I love football, but I don't play now. Even though I play in school, throw, we can throw, throw the. But we can go game, ride right? moto, or you can go pick up a basketball and go play it. Yeah, and, yeah. And so to me. Football, like, just makes me mad because there should be a flag football team on there every are, corner. Oh, yeah, I would say there are leagues and stuff. I know there's yeah. leagues, but I'm just it's saying just it's not as easy. To everybody's play. into it, and it, what it boils down to is the people who are into it. Ninety percent of them, not y'all, but I don't think this is y'all always. But ninety percent of the people who are into it, it's because high school was like the top of their life. Like the best they ever had was playing high school football and they spend the rest of their life wishing and well, looking yeah. back at the best time of their life. I think that's true for a lot of baseball and basketball, a lot of just high school sports for males, probably more than anything in general too, because yeah, a lot of once again, what'd you say? 90%, Yeah, 90% of high school athletes graduate. They never get a chance to play any sport again, really. Yeah. So I, I see where you're coming from, but I don't really understand yeah. why that makes There's, you hate this game. That's really more. It, of a it's really an interesting game. Like when you think about the strategy, yeah, it's, it's, like a, chess, it's like a chess match. If you know what's going on, it's it's very. Interesting. It's not. It, it's not a bad sport, but it just doesn't make sense to me why it's so popular because it's super boring and most see, of it, it is, is. It's, most of it's, it's commercials. Each play is like. Three seconds long, and then there's it's, like it's like an anticipation build. I don't yeah. know. It's just not, I'm just not into there's it. not a commercial after every play though. You, I mean, it could be 15 minutes. Well, I know I'm just, I, I'm being a little, goes, baseball's way more boring. But baseball super boring. Yeah. I didn't say I like I baseball. Hate, okay, I hate watching baseball. I love playing baseball. I love playing baseball, but I hate watching it. I never played. But softball, I also but realize awesome. I've come to learn over the last couple years because I have friends that are big baseball fans that there is a lot more strategy to baseball than I realized. Like with pitch counts and all that, oh, I, yeah, I didn't. Insane. I didn't realize that. Like that, there's a lot of theory, like science I, behind I, it. I had no I idea. I care about them both equally. I mean, that's done. with everything, though. Like, yeah, I just didn't know that. Like I, you, I legitimately didn't know that until just a few years ago. Like you could think you could take something like curling, and like it's fun think, to watch, and, or or uh, or even like a cornhole it's funny to watch, or it's cornhole fun. or something like that. And you're like, oh, they're just throwing, they're just, they're just sliding. Uh, things on ice, or they're just throwing things in a hole. But like, did they? If you take anything to that level, there's so much strategy and yeah. and precision, and all these thoughts and chess moves behind it. It's crazy. I th I I like football just because I grew up watching it and playing Madden and like and just oh, it's just kind of stuck to. It's just I, even, stuck. I don't even like the football games. I, I used to like Madden, but I I just not not coordinated enough anymore. Yeah, I, it's just kind of and you I, know. 
throwing a football. throwing a football when I was a yeah, kid in the front yard. It just I don't know. It just kind of always stuck, and I've just like I, I love playing basketball. That's probably my favorite sport to play now. My but. biggest thing too is I I don't really uh, I don't really follow politics. I just stay out of no, it. I don't either. And so football football is a great way for me to have that current event that I like that it's like there's always something to talk about there's always a show to watch or all this and I like it because it's it's my way to stay current yeah. without having to get on some some watch Fox News or whatever you know well, we got we we're getting texts from our guy Cooley like football X show. People yeah, are people yeah. are people over are it. saying that in the in the sorry deal. guys. We were talking fu- about just football. We're I just, mean, it's off season, man. man. What do you want us to do? I love I love football. I mean, you know what? I bet a lot of our listeners do like football. I bet most of them do. So I have no suck it. I know most people like football, and it's just uh, well. Funny. Let's work on getting Bubba Polly on. Um, do you guys see Jake Hoop? He's an Alpine Stars gear now. Anybody care about that? Uh, Justin Cooper. Did not know this. Any anything you guys saw this week that stood out news wise? Oh, I social saw. Media I watched a, yes. a video today where uh, um, I think it came out today where Ken Roxon and uh, oh crap Carson Brown were were ri- racing each other lap times on a eighty five RM eighty five. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Get, I didn't get to see that. How was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. It, they it interluded to another episode that's going to come out where they're doing it on one twenty five. Is it a moto or was it like it was like a little. Sandy like kind bike of, track? No, it was like a okay. turn track kind of thing. Oh. That'd be cool to see. Uh, I'll have to check that out because yeah, Carson's cool. good on that. Uh, our next oh guest of the night's on the line. He's brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they have added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup as well as the color teal to the gripper material options available. Also new for 2023 and going into 24 are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Tolari and the Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron. And they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. So visit Guts Racing today. Let Andy and the boys know that you're listening to the Moto X Pod show. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us the owner of the Mad Parts Kawasaki team and a rider on that said team, Mr. Bubba Polly. What's up, Bubba? I'm oh, just getting some recovery in after a long day of training. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing good, man. Yeah, you're deep into it this time of the season. How are you feeling? How's it going? It's going pretty good. Um, we're based in St. Louis, Missouri, so December, the weather gets a little bit iffy, so <laughs> I missed a few days of riding, but uh, it was mid-50s today. The track was a little wet, but Ooh. it should be good the next couple of days, so obviously we're closing in on uh, you know race time, so kind of the boot camp style of training is is wrapping up, so it's uh, it's good, man. I'm, I'm lucky to be doing what I'm doing where I'm at. You do, and I've got a, a number of questions about the team and the riders and freaking Jericho and his messy ass, but... We got to get into just an incredibly severe, disgusting, awful injury you had last year with severing your thumb. I don't understand how you're even riding, let alone riding professional supercross. Walk us through. I have so many questions about this. Just let's start with when it happened. All your Instagram posts seem so positive, like within days of this happening. I, I, I want to know what your mental state was. Was that accurate? Were you really positive? Were you going insane when you weren't recording walk us through the first few days um it's you know it's a bit of a roller coaster um i think most professional motocross racers obviously we've we've been through so many different injuries and you kind of learn how to deal with it um you know you're just trying everything you can to be positive um but you don't like in that situation like we had no idea what the outcome was going to be i didn't know if you know i would be able to 
use my hand really at all, like, or what the situation was going to be. There was so much uncertainty. So, um, obviously, you know, you can pick to, to be negative on it or you can pick to be positive. So, you know, it's just kind of where, you know, going through injuries over the years, you know, you just kind of wire yourself to, to try to look at things in the best, best positive way. And, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely scary. You know, there was, I spent eight days in the hospital there and, uh, the last four or five days I was there by myself and, um, yeah, it was just what was kind of going on. And yeah, I was definitely sick to my stomach a lot of times just yeah. dealing with that. But, <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just a motocross guy thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I see that, but that was such a different injury. You know, it's it's not your collarbone or your, you know, even a humerus or whatever, or a femur. Those are awful. But I mean, dude, you got leeches, like literally leeches on your hand, and you're trying to figure out how they're going to re. You're talking about your nub and whether they're going to be able to save it or amputate it, and in the end, they did have to cut a section off, right? And then they. Kind of how did how did what was the recovery process exactly or the the repair process? Yeah, so immediately like Indianapolis Supercross uh, second qualifier session, you know, I crashed and looked down and I see there's just a small crash. Uh, Ken Roxon actually had the identical crash in Paris. I posted on my Instagram story. He washed the front end out right into a single coming out of a 90 degree corner. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what happened to me. And uh, obviously, my hand was under the handlebar uh, when it hit the ground, and you know, it was just the right place at the right time for the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> um where you know it pulled it off it pulled the tendon out from up near my elbow just straight through all the way out and uh Ugh. i look down and see blood and you know bone and i'm just like immediately put pressure on it and just kind of you know survival instincts at that point and um so anyway like the alpine star crew i mean they were like the practice got me directly uh i think it was uh bondner was the one that was driving the mule and he was you know hey get uh call for the hand specialist like we need surgery right away at that point i was just like oh this isn't good like they're calling the surgeon while i'm still on the stadium like (laughs) um that was uh and then luckily you know they got me out immediately directly in the hospital had a seven-hour surgery trying to reattach it that evening uh you know i woke up the next day really no idea what was going on that kind of explained and uh, i was in the icu for five of the eight days that I was there with leech therapy. So they were trying to get the blood flow to pull through there. And a lot of people ask, yes, they still do leech therapy. So it was every, every hour I was having a new leech put on my hand 24 seven. And, uh, they slowed down the intervals and I ended up losing a pulse in the, in the end of my hand. So then they had to keep it back up on an hour. And, um, first couple of days, you know, I was still kind of medicated and stuff, so it wasn't too bad. But then mm. after a while, it was just like every time I was doing anything, whether it was trying to sleep, eating, whatever, it's just like a leech. It's literally like in my, cause my hand was elevated, like right in my face. So it was like, <laughs> it was like, there was no not seeing it. And like, I would occasionally fall asleep and, you know, I'd wake up and it'd be like, you know, down in my bed and come off or be in my hair at one point. I was just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, like, um, so that like, like I said, for a couple of days, it wasn't too bad. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, this is bad. It's like, I almost had PTSD about it now. So, um, and then, so they sent me home uh, with pins in my hand and follow up with the surgeon. You know, at that point, they were thinking like, "Hey, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be a successful replant." But uh, it turned black like immediately after we stopped the leech therapy. So um, saw a specialist here in St. Louis, and 
Uh, he's like, we got to get that off like now. So <laughs> had another surgery. Um, and then they did an artery graft and some skin grafts and stuff as well. So they were able to close off the piece that they took off. And, uh, so the, that surgery was, um, not as complicated cause they weren't trying to reattach all the veins and everything, but that created for a lot more recovery, uh, because now my index finger and across my hand was all, you know, pretty mangled at that point. So, um, so in order to keep the blood flow and the little bit of my thumb that I had left, I had to pull the artery from my index finger and move that over. So, um, and then again, they still really didn't know what the outcome was going to be. So yeah, uh, moving, you know, they were just like, okay, hey, like, you know, we say this is cleaned up, you know, this is what you got, but like, is it going to be functional to any capacity? We don't know. Is it going to be functional to professional athlete capacity? Like we have probably slim, but we still don't know. There's still a chance. So obviously, you know, I just kind of kept my hopes high. And then, um, you know, after I uh, got some, couple weeks went by they, they you know went back in and looked at it all the post-op dressings off and everything and it was just like i saw my hand for the first time and i was just like oh my gosh this is sucks like <laughs> um and uh it really like you know just there was no no answer whether or not you know anything was going to be functional so um just went to went to occupational therapy and, and worked with a uh, therapist over there and did a lot of stuff at home and obviously just trying my best and uh yeah worked out good so i've been training on supercross now and uh, that was in march and uh december now i'm getting ready for another season so i try to act like you know hey it's it's nothing nothing's holding me back um obviously it's uh i'm sitting here right now like my hands just kind of tingly um <laughs> yeah so it's not ideal, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to make any excuses over it on the track. Um, anybody else probably would, but, uh, for me, it's, you know, full steam ahead and we did a lot of work this preseason and just with the bike and the crew and training. And, you know, I've really put my best effort forward. Um, big things I wanted to change this year is like, okay, if I'm going to go back and doing this sport and at a professional level, like I am going all in like i'm not going to go through all this and then still have some baggage weighing me down it's like no it's like we're doing it or we're not doing it so um made that decision pretty early on and, and i'm feeling feeling really good on the bike now but probably stronger and better than i felt in a long time like that i can honestly remember so everything happens for a reason they say so yeah. then we'll see <laughs> that's great to hear man like really i'm i'm very impressed and very, very thankful for you that that's, that it's turned out the way it did. Cause it was, it was looking a little grim if I'm being honest, you know, a little, so yeah, very happy for you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so we all know that you're like the owner of the team during the recovery. Do we, um, was there a point where you were just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to be like the team manager or was this no matter what I'm going to be riding, you know, like with a hook on my hand. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, hey, dude. So I, I did skip some details there. Like Sunday after Indianapolis woke up and, you know, obviously had some friends and family teammates and stuff come visit me in the hospital. And uh, my brain immediately went to like, Hey, the show goes on with or without me. Like, how are we cleaning this up? And uh, my longtime friend, teammate, one of my best friends, uh, Juwan Cross, was just recently split ways with his team that he was with at the beginning of last year. And I was, I mean, maybe five, six hours after surgery, I'm in the hospital and I'm like, hey, how are we going to make this work? Like, you're going to come <laughs> and you're going to fill my spot of the team. Yeah. And uh, immediately just to work and looking back on it, man, that's crazy. But like, we, 
showed up, you know, the next week in Detroit and he went to, to our shop and our track and got used to the bike and rode the stuff. And we got all the gear and everything sealed away. And, uh, he filled in the rest of the season. And then for, for me, like, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, like we got work to do. Like, like I said, the show goes on. Um, and you know, it really hit me that first week, all the work that I did, I didn't really truly realize how much work I was doing outside of racing just for the team, you know, like as a racer and right. then a team owner, right? because my week looked no different than it did the week before. And I was sitting in the hospital and I wasn't racing the next weekend. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, what have I got myself into? Like, yeah, <laughs> um, that's a lot, you know, because we slowly built it up and it was very organic growth with the team. You know, it started off just me and my, my longtime buddy, Michael Kaiden going racing together mm-hmm. just to be more efficient and, you know, Hey, we'll get more sponsors and have more resources if we work together. So let's do it. And then just, you know, kind of spiraled upward from there and, you know, a little bit more every year. And, you know, you do that, you know, six years in a row and all of a sudden it's like, wow, we're doing a lot. So, um, that was a good thing. for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to reset like, Hey dude, I don't need to be doing all this stuff. Like I want to, I want to race. Like if I'm going to do this, obviously I had to finish the season off, but it's like, I need to get more people in place, more resources. Like I want to be a racer because Mm -hmm. some of that stuff, like, I might be good at it, but I don't really like to do it or I don't want to do it. Now, is that the future and like long-term? Absolutely. Like I'm building a foundation and I have a direction to go with this industry outside of that based on everything I've been doing. But, um, but yeah, I definitely want to focus on racing for right now. Uh, but during that time, it was, it was a roller coaster for sure. So there wasn't definitely, there was no this way or that way thought. It was just kind of, Hey, let's just keep moving. So how is a team like yours, I'm just kind of thinking about this as you're talking, how do you, how do you pick riders? Like, like I know, I know some of the teams and the smaller teams don't have a budget to pay people. Is it people bringing in sponsors? What, what constitutes you picking different riders to be on your team? Yeah. So over the years, obviously we've grown a reputation within the pits, um, you know, just on where we're at, you know, having resources and some structure and, and doing things like that. Um, it, I used to think it was super cool when riders would reach out to me like, Hey, do you have any openings or is there any way I can be part of your team? And I was just like, yeah, now I'm just like, stop calling me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, proving yourself and having a good reputation and just little by little, you know, that, that word's going to spread. Um, so, you know, now obviously we have to pick riders and people that I've worked with in the past currently, since I'm still racing, like I like to have matured riders, riders that you kind of know what you're going to get. Like that is, so you don't have to babysit um, them. Yeah. You know, like I originally, I thought it would be really cool to, to help some younger, you know, teenagers that are kind of coming in and really give them like a good guidance. But you know, it's like, well, that's a lot more work. And do I want to do that <laughs> maybe in the future for sure. But right now it's like, no, like I want people that I can, I can work with and help get them to the next step of their career and have some career best with them. But it's easier to sell that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously I'm a racer. So, and I'm, you know, about the same age as everybody that I'm racing with. So, you know, a lot of it's based on friendship, you know, it's how well do you get along with somebody. Do you want to kill them at the end of 17 races or do you want to go sure. hang out with them still? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then just, you know, similar core values is a big thing for me. Um, you know, do you, how you get along off the track and, you know, stressful, stressful situations, like what kind of decisions are those people going to be making? Like J-Law. So yeah, you know, like, dude, there's so many fast riders that, you know, I can't stand to have a conversation with and it's like, you're really not beneficial to me at all. and, And I wouldn't be beneficial to them. So 
Um, I like the honesty. You know, somebody. Yeah, you know, like, and like, so we have Freddie this year, and uh, Josh Cartwright's back with us, and Freddie was with us last year, also during Supercross, so, um, you know, like, I was friends with those guys prior to this, you know, and, and obviously, like, we have stuff to offer them, and, um, you know, they're benefiting from, from our program, and, and we're growing with them, you know, Freddie had his career best Supercross year last year, it's the first time he's ever finished all 17 rounds, and he's the only rider, even during the summer when he rode Suzuki, he was the only rider to do all 31 races. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, not to say that, yeah, Hey, I'm claiming that for Freddie, you know, it's like, you know, Freddie did that on his own, but at the same time, it's like the structure and those types of things, it goes a long way. Cause I mean, if you're in the 17 races of Supercross, and then next year, you know, all 31 races, like there's a lot that can happen. Things can get out of hand real quick. So having good structure guidance and just confidence in the program goes a long way. Of course. Yeah, so it's it's really cool to hear how you kind of wear the two different hats as a rider and a owner. I think it's a really cool process. But what do you kind of go through mentally when you're at it? You know, you're you're there and you're trying to make sure that your pit presence for your team is getting exposure and that you're and you're dealing with the fans and talking to people and all that stuff. And then, but then you got to go try to qualify and then you're on the way back and you're thinking about your lap times that you just put in and, or your heat result finish or however that was, but you're still focused on what the team's got to do. Like, is, does it, do you kind of switch back and forth or do you, how does that process go for you mentally? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, this year, the, the structure and personnel that we have, I would say personnel is the biggest thing that allows people to do that. Right. You know, people talk about, you know, say like Chad Reed when Tutu Motorsports is around. It's like, you know, Chad is doing a lot uh, behind the scenes, like not taking anything away from him. But he also had people that he could trust that were in his corner that were getting stuff done that he didn't need to worry about in that moment. So some years for me, it's been really stressful and just really distracting and to be completely honest like last year was a really bad year when it came to that and that was something that i i decided i'm like hey if i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna race like i want to make sure like we push to get to the next step to have more trustworthy personnel people that are level-headed that we can really count on that are going to be there all the time and you know we uh obviously hired Derek Rankin as crew chief and uh, Ryan Kuhn, Ryan Kuhn's my assistant and, and Todd Brunner's also another assistant now that, to me. So, um, and then we got a whole new lineup of mechanics also that Derek and I interned and, you know, interviewed and just everything that, you know, these guys are, are working really well. Everybody's got similar values. It's, it's very, very important for me to be able to separate that. So training days right now, you know, I'm working with my mechanic Bailey and um, relaying information through him and Derek. And we're talking about the bikes and Derek's working with the other riders on their bike setup and through their mechanics and trainers and everything like that. So, you know, when the conversation's done on that, then it's like, Hey, what else do we need to talk about? So where are those other pieces that are funneling? And okay, you had this problem with this guy. Okay, well, let's get that solved. So right now the, the main focus is, is myself, myself, myself. Mm-hmm. And then, everybody's pulling their weight and everybody's doing a really good job. So then it's like, okay, what areas do we need to address? Bubba Polly brought to you tonight by guts racing. Yeah, Bubba, we have some um, listeners in our live chat. Uh, Garrett Rockley and Sporting Wood are talking about <laughs> how you were um, racing a 1983 Husqvarna. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was probably what a year ago. I think in a minute, race. I blew that bike up if I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tell us about that. And then maybe if you were, ever plan on doing any more vintage racing these guys really enjoy that vintage yeah garrett's stuff. a big vintage guy sporting wood probably is too <laughs> yeah yeah uh one of my best friends uh his dad 
has a huge vintage motocross collection and uh there was a local race it was actually the first track i ever raced at splinter creek dirt riders and uh here in st louis and said yeah let's go do this vintage race and i never really rode a vintage bike before so <laughs> i'm like okay and you know i go out the first motor blow it up i'm like oh man i felt like horrible i just blew this guy's bike up and, and he's like no that's fine just that's, go ride the other one the next motor I'm yeah, like, that's, that's normal <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh and then somebody else came up and they're like hey you want to ride my 77 yz 100 for the next one and i'm like i can i do that like i'm just switching bikes every yeah, time on the that track is vintage like, racing. Yeah, for sure <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it was terrifying. Like I did the one bike had great suspension. The next one wanted to loop out every time I hit the power band. Like the next one had no brakes. I'm just like, these things are crazy. <laughs> it's like pit bike racing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, with the uh, kind of back to the team thing for a second with, with the way it's growing, you know, you're in the beginning process of that and you're still racing and being involved as it grows and matures and you go into a different part of your career, do you, do you want to have any involvement with amateur racing or maybe go, you know, do the Brownie program where he, we race, uh, Loretta's and stuff like that, but have the team there. Any plans for an amateur program like that? Um, yes and no. I mean, right now, like my main focus is obviously just keep working on what, what we're doing. And, right. you know, if those doors open when we're, you know, whatever time comes, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love motocross. I love racing. Um, I would say right now, like when I'm done racing professional, like I probably won't be, you know, maybe a couple of local races a year, but like I'm put so much into it. I mean, in the summertime, like I chase bear races all summer. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's like, man, I'm racing, you know, five or six times a week through the month of July and August, like every week. So, I mean, there's a lot of racing that I've done over the years. And, uh, I think I'll definitely look forward to, um, enjoying it from a from a different angle um and then you know going back to like my dad talks about you know hey i want to go down to monster mountain and spend some time in the camp or just meet him you know or, or go to loretta's or, or gator back from videos or something like he really liked those times when you know as a teenager and stuff but i'm just kind of like uh that sounds like chaos to me i don't know if i want to do that <laughs> yeah your opinion may change in a few years but I, I know where you're coming from right now yeah yeah <laughs> Well, we, we hear about you. You just said the fair race. This is something kind of random. I just I wanted to touch on this real quick. Was You talk about the fair race. If other people, we don't have that here yeah, in I, East I Texas. Yeah, I about that. What, I don't, we don't know what that is. Like, like is that just like literally like a, a county fair has a race? What What is that? Yeah, so, I mean, like your county fair has, you know, monster trucks or demo derby and, you <laughs> no, know, no, like our here. suck. Yeah, our county fair <laughs> suck. Mean, we used to have stuff like that. My dad did a demolition derby here, and then, like, at Lone Star Speedway, they used to have the monster trucks come out. It wasn't necessarily at the fair, but. That's what I'm saying, but this that's is like what he's talking about. A county like fair where they're showing pigs and yeah, racing yeah. dirt bikes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I've never I would seen say within, yet. you know, last year or this summer, I want to say I did, like, 25 races. Yeah. Um, wow. And. I didn't drive any more than four hours. Yeah, like from you, my house. That, Ryan Brees is big on that stuff too. You, you guys can make like money. You, yeah. Yeah. Have you done oh, the? Yeah. Have you done like the the rodeos where you like they barrel race? <laughs> they barrel race the dirt bikes. Um, I've never done one of those. There's actually there was one that I, I heard about after the fact that yeah. was only like thirty minutes from where I live, and I was like, oh, that would have been sick. But it was you know <laughs> nobody talks about those things like because right, yeah. they'll randomly pop up. Like sometimes the fairs are like. They'll have it one time every ten years. They'll have a dirt bike race. Did, did, no, no, like, 
to say nobody talks about it because they don't want fast guys like you to show up. They want to take, <laughs> take the party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, uh, for me, it's kind of like, all right, like where the good ones are at. Like I figured everybody kind of knows where those are at. So, right. um, but every once in a while, there's one that'll pop up. You know, it's like, hey, five thousand dollar purse on a Monday night. It's what? like, okay, well, that's nothing insane. to get. You know, it's like. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, there's uh, the biggest well, a lot one of those guys around here is yeah. like fifteen grand, I think fifteen thousand. I wish they had that around here. That'd be cool. <laughs> and that's and that's the Monday night entertainment. What are they doing on Saturday and Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Grease pigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Bob, I want to talk about the team a little bit more. You made a quote a little while ago. You were talking about that you need. You realize you need some things needed to change. I'm going to change some things. Um, give me some specifics. What were a couple things that you needed to change within the team? Um, personnel and, and just structure, you know, like I was taking on so much myself and, uh, you know, we had, you know, we had good mechanics and, you know, good writers and other help, but, um, you know, like, like Derek, uh, Rankin, like this year so far, he came on in August. So he went to the SMX races with us and we helped out Cartwright and Colt Nichols for that. Um, and, you know, so like we got to work together prior going into Supercross, you know, I kind of told Derek, I said, hey, well, let's take this, you know, we'll do like two months here and let's see if this is going to work out. And like, I knew right away. I'm like, okay, like he's got a really good background. He's got good experience and I've known him for a long time. He's from the Midwest. So yep. like he's able to go home on the weekends. Like it's great. But, um, you know, taking that load off of me for, you know, figuring out what to test and get everything to the riders and shipping stuff out and getting building race bikes. I mean, last year, like me and Jason Watkins were building race bikes. Like I'm like, why, why was I building race right, bikes? Right, like, well, sure. What we had to do, you know? Um, so, you know, just that's really taken, taken that load off myself. I sure. mean, I'm, obviously I'm taking care of business stuff and, you know, some management stuff, but like I'm, not involved with the equipment at all when it comes to obviously like, testing procedures and you know like anything it's like hey i'm gonna do my motos and he's gonna throw things at me throughout the day and that's like okay we're we're good this is what we figured out so like last year i was doing all of that i was sending stuff to riders and you know hey freddie did you try this today he's like oh no i'll try it tomorrow i'll be like okay well i got something else i need you to try tomorrow so wait a minute like yeah that's, um, yeah that's too much for one person yeah 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 you know and, and on top of that i was trying to ride so that, that's um, what i mean yeah yeah so it's and that is, is, is huge. And then obviously, you know, finances with any team is big, you know, like I started this with absolutely nothing. And, you know, unfortunately I had to go through an injury to realize, you know, it's like, Hey, we need to structure things differently financially um, to where, you know, we're putting more into personnel, putting more into to riders, but also growing the program and looking at that next step. Cause everything's just been, you know, sponsor check to sponsor check. And it's mm. just like, it gets really stressful. So, um, still kind of, I, I had zero debt. Like there's, there's nothing to be owed on anything at all, which is, is great. I live my whole life that way, but you're still relying on every single check to come in. And that is like this time of year is super stressful. And, and I, I have, an outline and direction I want to go, but obviously have to build out of that. So that's something that I didn't really plan for before. And, and now that's, it's very clear. That's something that I need to do. Okay. (laughs) Um, so, so working on that as well. And and that's going to take time. Like, obviously that's not going to change tomorrow unless for some reason, 
maybe one of your listeners got, you know, a million dollars to throw at somebody, then, Hey, I'll take it. But well, I'll, um, we'll split it with you. If they'll support us, we'll, okay, we'll support cool. you. Yeah. You, yeah. Two things I want to bring up based off some of the things you just said, you, you mentioned obviously Derek Rankin, Jericho, uh, for those that listen to pulp, you guys know Jericho. Yeah. He's really good at what he does. As long as you give him time to go watch W, you know, raw and go see <laughs> Lamb of God, He's good to go the rest of the time. Like he, he definitely schedules or tries to schedule like shows, concerts around the races, and I love it. He's always messaging me and like, "Hey, there's a show the night before. We're gonna try to get there." So, but yeah, as long as he gets those things in, he's good to go. Yeah, he told me a couple weeks ago. He's like, "Hey, for Detroit, just randomly." He was oh like, yeah, hey, for Detroit, um, don't do anything with my travel. Like I'm just gonna take care of all that. Yep. I'm just like, okay, why? He's like. There's a show. I'm like, Machine head. Yeah, yeah. We're we're trying to get, yeah, we're, we're, we talked, we're, we're trying to make sure that we're maybe get the band there. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Machine Head and, yeah. uh, man, I'm blanking on the other band, but yeah, that's Brad. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, you, you were mentioning the financial side of it. And obviously, Mad Parts has been a big part of your, your program. How do you, how have you gotten involved with Mad Parts? How did that come about? And how do you go about, securing financial support uh, sponsors yeah so madparts.com is a online retailer um you know similar to rocky mountain or motorsport mm-hmm. um they're which they have a brick and mortar store which is jonesboro cycle and jonesboro arkansas okay it's a 200 okay. square foot facility they just moved into this year so they're a big shop um they sell all the brands and i got hooked up with them um five years ago um and you know, just a, a dealer to support us through bikes and stuff and slowly have grown that to where we're at now. Um, you know, they helped out huge last year with that rig that we're in. So that was, was really good. And obviously like all of our parts that we don't get direct from sponsors are, are coming through those guys as well. Like they're, they're on top of the game with that for sure. Um, and then, you know, so like I said, our, our bikes and, you know, everything is, you know, organically just kind of grown through that. So, um, and then, you know, securing sponsorship i used to look at it a different way and now i kind of take a different approach um i've probably called you know ten thousand people just randomly trying to get something going and i think that maybe amounted to like you know maybe ten thousand dollars over the years so like absolutely nothing like you're wasting your time um you know it, it just takes patience like that's the biggest thing just go out be a good person do a good job be professional talk to people in a genuine way when you meet them and it will slowly develop into something and uh you know for us like every year you know i have I have people that call that want to be a part of the program. Um, you know, you have good relationships with people and your deals just, you know, keep slowly growing. Um, not all of them, but some of them. And sometimes you have to go different ways with other people. That's just the harsh reality of business. But um, I see so many people trying way too hard and I see sponsors just come and go. And, you know, it's, you, you have to be beneficial to them. And if you can't provide anything to them other than putting a sticker on your motorcycle, it's like, well, what's the point? Like, yeah, you're exactly. not going to end up with much out of that. So, um, you know, it's the, the good deals take time um, and they're not everywhere. It's, uh, you know, it, it, the stars really have to align, but, you know, it it's obviously it, it's possible, um, you know, still, still working, 
those things, you know, and like I said, if there was a million dollar budget just sitting around, it's like, yeah, okay, we'll take it. That'll take us really far. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're a super lean team, you know, every dollar gets accounted for and it goes somewhere that's being useful. You know, we don't waste money on dinners or first class flights or, <laughs> you know, expensive hotels. Like, yeah. I mean, it's no, we, we, uh, you know, we put the work in where we need it, um, in the, in the funding where it needs to go to be, you know, the most beneficial, but, um, you know, I never want to get to a point where we're doing that. And obviously, you know, your sponsors and your partners and people that are with you and around you, like they see that, you know, if there's a week where I have to sleep in, in the rig at the truck, at the track, then, then I'll do it. You know, I'll be the first one to, to volunteer to do that. Um, and I don't brag about it, but you know, every once in a while, a sponsor or somebody will see that be like, dude, you slept here the night before the race. I'm just like, yeah, dude, I want to make sure my people are taken care of. The budget was tight. You know, I was like, I didn't have, you know, skimmed on a room this week. So, um, love it. You know, that's just, you know, kind of how I'm wired. You know, I try to put everybody else first, but at the same time, I need to get better at that. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. It's a great process. I like it. Hey, Bubba, just one last thing I wanted to ask you with, you know, I, I thought of this earlier when he said you're going to be on the show, probably just because you guys are, we're kind of always buying for the same spots, but um, are you going to miss lining up with A-Ray or, or and do you have any good stories about any time, any LCQ battles or anything like that with him? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, him and I go way back. Uh, yeah, it's. Obviously, that's just part of growing up. I mean, you know, getting older, you know, step aside. I know time was coming, but I remember I was with him in Detroit. We were both on the K1 Speed Honda team, and uh, he made his first main event that year. I think it was 2015. And uh, we slept on bunk beds in their rig, which their rig at the time was pretty squirrely. And, um, man, he was so pumped, his first main event. And uh, I I still have videos on my phone of uh, just – he was – Chugging fireball, he was so pumped. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Sounds about right. But yeah, and then I want to say probably the worst one was uh, in Oakland of 2019. Uh, one of those years, uh, I crashed in a rhythm section. I think I got crossroaded or something, and it was a heat race, and he hit me, and we both just just nasty crash. I think some other guys got into it and he yelled at me or something. I remember that. That was that. I don't think that was 19. I feel like that was more recent than that. Yeah, probably so. Maybe like 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it was, I was just like, he was mad. Like yep. he was, which I mean, yeah, dude, whatever. It's racing incident or whatever. And, uh, he apologized to me the next week. Cause he said his, his mom told him to apologize. to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, did you yell at him? He goes, yeah, I yelled at him. Yeah, you yeah. need to say sorry. <laughs> yeah, How many funny. times did he do that exact same thing to Kate or somebody else? Way more. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, right. That's the pot calling the kettle yeah. black for sure. <laughs> well, all right, we're gonna close this thing out with uh, I've got a question just on your riders and expectations. Obviously, you mentioned Freddie having his best season last year. Uh, you know, flirting with top tens. He he's a he's a great rider, and then Cartwright. You know, shooting for mains and top fifteens is kind of what I'm thinking. But I want to know what your goals are. What your what you'd like to see out of both those guys and yourself. Um, to be honest, it's better than we've ever been, Okay, you know, riders just in every little area, you know, at the end of the season, if the numbers are just a click better then Hey, we all did better. Um, you know, Freddie definitely in the top 10, uh, Cartwright to be completely honest, like 
you know, I would say there's going to be nights where, you know, he's going to finish in front of Freddie. Um, you know, he's, he's got a lot more in the tank and for myself, like it's been a few years since I've made a 450 man. So obviously I just, you know, my goal is getting the 450 man event. And obviously have all three riders in there at the same time is, you know, is my dream. That's been my dream since, you know, this team really started getting going and, you know, think if there's 22 guys on the gate and three of them are from this little team out of St. Louis that, you know, is just climbing the ladder. That'd be, that'd be a pretty good feeling for myself. So, um, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, just, just better, obviously Josh best last year, I think it was a 12. So, you know, inch him a little bit closer and, and myself, you know, being there and obviously all of us in the same, same time and, um, getting some hole shots. I think that'd be really big. Okay. Um, you know, just getting the guys, all of us, myself included, you know, heat race, main events, you know, it's like, that's, I personally think some of the best, best exposure, you know, if you finish 10th, but you started in 15th, nobody sees you, you know, if you finish 15th and you start first, it's like, well, that's all better for the team. Yeah, yeah. Everybody involved. So, um, so yeah, that's what we're shooting for this year for sure. Okay. Awesome. I love it. Bubba, I can't wait for the season to kick off. We're getting excited. It's right around the corner and really appreciate you taking some time for us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime, man. We'll talk to you soon, and yeah, we'll see you at A1. See you there. All right, see you, bud. That's Bubba Polly tonight, brought to you by Guts Racing. Really appreciate him jumping on. That was a lot of fun, man. That's, um, yeah, I really think this is going to be their best season. I mean, Josh is always puts in, Josh puts in pretty good results, and uh, I think there's been some weeks where he didn't make mains, but he's very capable, and Freddie, I just I think Freddie's going to have a, a real, his best year yet. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will go ahead, TJ. Well, no, I was just I was just going to say they it, it's a I mean, I don't know if if you can say best year yet, right? I mean, Fred hadn't Freddie been on No, I like, think that was his best results oh, overall. Okay. Yeah. overall. Like, yeah, 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 finish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, guys, we're going to jump into the pre-recorded Luke Clout interview, so we're going to mute our mics. We'll jump in for you guys that are on YouTube. We'll jump in and communicate and uh have some fun with you guys and as soon as the Luke Clout interviews is over. We'll be back to wrap up the show with our last segments and call it a night. All right, hang tight. All right, our next guest is brought to you by FXR Racing. You guys know FXR is designed by racers for racers with industry-leading fit, finish, and performance. Progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best products possible. So visit FXRRacing.com to see the numerous gear lines, colorways. The 2024 line is out. It's fire. Check it out. You can also go to your local dealership and ask for FXR. Try it on. You will not be disappointed. Tonight, FXR brings us all the way from down under, Luke Clout. What's going on, Luke? Uh, not too much. Just, um, yeah, kind of just cruising now. We just got uh, finished, you know, with our with our season. So, um, yeah, just, just had a bit of a cruisy week and, yeah, just kind of another couple of weeks off and uh, then we'll, we'll get back into it. But, um yeah, I'm a little bit bored, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2023 was a busy one for you. Ups and downs, and the off-season's always interesting. How different is the quote-unquote off-season in Australia from what you see over here in the U.S.? Yeah, it's, it is. It, it, I mean, you know, we definitely have, like, um, you know, a little bit of time off, but our season's really weird because we kind of just we, – we really do drag out the whole year. Um, and then – before you know it, kind of, you kind of got to start getting ready again for, you know, round one that's in March. And then we have like another couple of weeks off after that. So it's kind of like, 
I don't know. It just feels like you want to have some time off, but you almost need to train. And so it gets a little bit confusing. But, um, yeah, I try and squeeze in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, off right after the, the last round. And, and then obviously over Christmas, try and have a little bit of time off. But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to have a bit of time off and stuff, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I want to kind of get back on the bike and get ready. I just like riding and, and training. So. <laughs> yeah, of course. I want to remind our listeners who maybe don't re- re- remember, 2024, you won the championship. 22, you got injured, a pretty big injury, round two, the outdoor season over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, broke in a spiral fracture of the tibia and a clean break on the fibula. I know that's been a while now, but how brutal was that recovery? Yeah, look, that was like, it was real bad, that one. Like, um, you know, I kind of kept it pretty quiet. Obviously, you know, with injuries, you just kind of, you get home and, and start your rehab. But, um, yeah, I um, spiral fractured the, the tibia and pretty much broke the tibia in like four places. Um, and then the fibula, that fibula was just kind of like a clean break. And then I also broke my ankle as well. Um, and then we found out too, after surgery, I actually, uh, stretched and kind of had some nerve damage. So that the nerve damage was kind of something that still haunts me to this day. Um, I got a lot of numbness and, um, you know, in the whole bottom of my foot, basically I can't, you know, really feel it a hundred percent. Um, but that's what took a long time. That took pretty much 18 months to kind of get back to somewhat, you know, half all right, I suppose. Like when I first started riding, like I really couldn't feel my foot onto the foot peg. Um, so that was really kind of hard to adjust to, but you know, just the whole injury took a really, really long time to, uh, to just really get back to, I wouldn't even say a hundred percent, just get back to like kind of normal activities. Like I, I limped for about six months. Uh, I was in constant pain for the probably, you know, three or four months. I, only just started being able to, to run, which is well, like a year and a half later. So, Jeez. um, yeah, like it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough, but, um, you know, now I've kind of just, um, I've gotten back to a point where it, it doesn't bother me at all now. So I think that it just took a long time, even mentally to kind of think, Hey, when you started to ride and race, your legs okay. So that, that took a long time, but um, yeah, I'm at a point now that the injuries kind of, you know, I'm looking at it in the rearview mirror, which is good. That is good. With the numbness issue, is it something that seems to be getting better, or have you just adjusted how you grip with your legs and, and you just kind of adjusted your riding style? Um, it's definitely gotten. Uh, it definitely has gotten a lot, lot better since obviously, like I first did it. Like it's it's night and day from that. Uh, but I think it's to a point now where I've kind of just gotten used to it. And I've just figured kind of how to, you know, ride with it. Like you said, gripping. And um, there's a lot of things I do. I like sharpen my foot pegs to like the absolute limit, basically. So they're, they're, they're so sharp. And then I have all the, the grip tape on the side of the frame and stuff just to help with, you know, a little bit more gripping. Um, because I found, to be honest, when I was first riding, I was slipping off the foot peg a lot. My right foot would slip off the foot peg. And that was just because I couldn't really, you know, feel the pressure that I was putting down onto the peg. Um, but, you know, that was when I first started riding. So it has gotten better than that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just something I've gotten used to now, and it, and it doesn't, really, doesn't really bother me. Good. Good to hear. How did you feel going into 
the 23 season, which you guys kind of start with the outdoor season. How are you feeling going yeah. into that? Um, it was, I think like, I don't know, like I, I was really kind of in the top of my game before I crashed. So, you know, I was confident. I feel, you know, I started feeling pretty good and I was riding well, but I think when I kind of got to the races in 23, I just didn't have that mental kind of, you know, I don't even know like that, that hundred percent mental, like I'm ready to go kind of thing. It just, I didn't have the confidence and stuff. And I think I was just kind of chasing that, that all year. And, and then I went to one of the rounds and I, I got second overall and I was like, okay, you know, we kind of turned, turned a page there and I started, you know, getting, uh, a little bit more confident and, and then, uh, then I just, yeah, after that, I got hurt again and broke my arm. So it was yes. just one of those things that's like, okay, yeah, like I started, like, oh, finally, I've got a little bit of the confidence here and, you know, going okay. And then, you know, boom, another injury. So, yeah, it's, it was tough. Yeah. When you said going in that you, you didn't have the confidence you needed, did you realize that before you got to round one? Or was it in the middle of like round one? You're like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not where I thought I was. <laughs> It was definitely at round one. I, I mean, I had a really good preseason, like, and all year, even up until kind of like Supercross, like throughout the week, I was riding like, you know, some of the best probably I've ever been riding. Like, I was really solid through the week. Everything that we'd been working on was just really, really good. But then I would almost just come to the races and I'd just kind of start doubting myself again, you know, and uh, and then just would get the race and I wouldn't just ride the way I should be riding. Uh, I think and that was just a mental kind of thing. And uh, so that was the hard part, trying to translate what I've been doing the week through the week to, to race day. So uh, it's taken a little bit, but I feel like we're there now. Yeah. And I was looking back at through some of the results from the outdoor series and help me out here. Like round one, I struggled to find the results. It, it just showed, showed like shootout results. It seems like the formats were different at certain rounds. Is that the case? Uh, well, round one, we actually, the race, the round got canceled Okay, because that was, yeah, yeah. That's because, uh, unfortunately we had that, that kid that, you know, he unfortunately passed away at round one. So I remember we went there. Yeah. Yeah. So we went there obviously like ready to go racing and that, that happened right before our first moto, his crash. So then, you know, the event got put on hold and stuff, but, um, some races were different formats. Like we had some back-to-back races and, and then some were like a two-day format and stuff. They were trying different things out this year. Did you like that? Because, you know, just like Super Motocross here, they were trying a little bit of a different format to mix it up, different track styles. Did you like it being a little different or are you kind of old school? Let's just go with what we have. Um, to be honest, I didn't mind the two-day format. I think kind of like spreading the weekend out and, just kind of giving us a little bit more track time on the Saturday and just slowing the whole event down. Kind of, I, I enjoyed that. Like, mm-hmm. I think that was pretty cool. Uh, just, you know, I think just, just having more track time for everyone. I think that's a, definitely a positive. And I think that's what they're trying to incorporate next year too. From what I've heard, they're going to try and do a few, you know, rounds next year that are like a two day, maybe kind of like an MX, MXGP format a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, the back-to-back races, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool, but I think, like, a traditional motos, I, I like I like a bit better. Yeah, it's just what we're used to, I guess. Um, how is the Australian scene as far as locally 
crowd showing up at these races? Is it pretty good? It's not too bad. It just depends on the location. Like, you know, we kind of go to like rural areas. So we go out to like, because that's where our tracks are. They're kind of out of the cities and stuff Mm. like that. Um, So, you know, sometimes we get decent crowds and then others it's, it's not great, but and it also just depends on the location. Like if you're in kind of around the Sydney area, up in like Newcastle area, that's always great. That's like a real big like moto hub. Uh, and it's always a good kind of turnout up in Queensland as well. The weather's always nice. There's pretty good uh, crowd as well. But uh, the Supercross season this year was, was pretty good. I think that was a step in the right direction. I think, uh, you know, we had, you know, I think 15, 20,000 in some of the, you know, rounds, but we just need to do some more races, I think, and then just keep building it from there. So, <laughs> Yeah, and you did pretty well in the Australian Supercross Series. Second overall, I believe. Uh, I think you went, f- there's three rounds, 5-3-3 or 5-3-1. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, I got the win in the end, which is good. Yeah, so uh, do you prefer Supercross or do you prefer outdoors or does it really matter to you? Um, look, as a younger kid, I used to love Supercross way more, which I, you know, like I still do. Um, but I think we, we ride so much motocross now. That's kind of like the dominant thing that we do here. Mm-hmm. So my, my Supercross skills as a kid was definitely better. Uh, so, but my motocross has gotten a lot better, um, you know, the last few years. So I like motocross, but Supercross kind of at heart. I've always loved it and I love Supercross season and, uh, to me, Supercross just comes a bit more natural. So uh, when Supercross season comes around, I just, yeah, really love it. And, you know, the yeah. bigger the tracks, the better for me. So, like, I like the American-style tracks as well. And and then, you know, it's cool to get the Americans that come out and uh, get to race, you know, Dino and Brayton and all the guys, like Josh Hill and stuff. It's it's cool. So it's cool to be able to uh, be in the mix of those boys for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about our guys, you know, the U.S. guys coming over there and invading – your space, if you if you liked it, you know the, the competition. It's a love hate look. If uh, <laughs> you know if those guys didn't come over here, I guess I'd probably have another four championships. I'd say probably by now. But right, look honestly, it's it, it's awesome to have them come out. Like it elevates us. It has ele- like since having you know Justin come out for the last few years and um, you know beat us, you know the five years in a row that he has. It's elevated our whole program. You know like from the practice tracks to the stuff that we do through the week and, you know, the events and everything, it's made it it bigger and better. So, um, you know, I I love having them out. And, you know, you just get to see where you are at against those guys as well. So uh, you've got to be on the top of your game to to be even able to, you know, race with those guys. So for me, I I, I do love it, but um, I definitely would like to have those championships (laughs) and that uh, bank, that money in the bank. Of course, of course. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So I'm going to ask you a little bit what your plans are for 24, but have you considered coming back to the U.S.? I think the last time you raced here was 2020. Yeah, so 2020 went really well for me. Like I, um, uh, I come up with Supercross season and battled with the championship with JB and yep. uh, went over to America and, uh, yeah, did pretty good, actually. Uh, a couple of top fives and stuff like that, but then obviously COVID kind of hit and that kind of put a stop in basically everything which sucked um and then yeah had to come back here and but yeah i think for me like i i I don't think i'll come over like full time but there's definitely some plans to come and do some races next year um don't know kind of which ones i'll do but i wouldn't mind trying to squeeze in you know a couple of supercrosses maybe and do a couple of supercrosses uh motocrosses as well and um yeah try and try and get some points to to get in smx that would be the ultimate goal but 
Uh, just got to kind of, you know, see how we go here and what dates I can do and things. But, um, yeah, definitely would like to, to come over at some point and, and do some races. Oh, that'd be great to have. Yeah, I'd love to see you over here. Um, let's talk about World Supercross for a minute. Obviously, it didn't go as planned schedule-wise. A lot of rounds got canceled and things changed, and it was just kind of a nightmare, honestly. Um, but how, how did you feel about the series? I know round one, you had a pretty big get-off in the second race, uh, second race of the night. Yeah, you're, you're laughing, but that thing was gnarly, dude. I just rewatched it a little while ago, and you were super, super lucky on that. Oh, I was super lucky. I remember um, I had to go up and thank Bogle for that. He's a He was a legend for helping me out. He kind of just was like, oh, whatever, and dropped his bike and come and help me out. And yeah. stuck in the back of the block. Um, I think, look, overall, I think we, we need, if we see the series build and, you know, um, you get to that five, six, you know, seven rounds, I think it's awesome. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of potential there for sure. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that, um, you know, that they, that they need to figure out, but you know, it's a first few years championship. Like it's not just going to be, you know, the first year it's the, the best thing ever. And, you know, like everything runs, runs to plan, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm fully, you know, supportive of what they've got going. You know, I think Supercross does need to go global. It's an awesome sport, as, you know, you guys know and we all know. Um, but I think, you know, just some of the track designs should be a little bit, you know, taken into consideration. And some of the first turns, you know, there's been a lot of first-turn crashes. Nearly every race is a first-turn crash and a little bit dangerous in that aspect. But, uh, you know, if we can just figure some things out and all the riders, you know, get a little bit of a say and we all work together and try and, and build it, uh, you know, I hope, hope in five, ten years it's a, you know, a really, really positive thing, which, you know, it's got the potential to be. So I'm happy to be a part of the journey and, um, yeah, just want to see it build. Yeah, like the Melbourne round was looked really good from over here watching on TV. Abu Dhabi was – I understand why they wanted to go there, but that a little arena cross series type of track that just it doesn't meet the standards in my opinion of what supercross is and i know that it was very hard to yeah. race that round yeah i, would, I mean yeah I, I get it like it's quite a small stadium and like i said it just comes back to you've kind of got what you've got and if that's where we're going to go cool because abu dhabi's an awesome country <laughs> it was a great place to visit um, and if that's the stadium, I think we just got to go back to trying to, you know, figuring out the track designs a little bit more and, you know, figuring out how we can make them a little bit more raceable, a bit more enjoyable for everyone, um, you know, and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, Melbourne was awesome. Melbourne's a big, big stadium, awesome, you know, venue. The dirt was awesome all weekend. Uh, full size, pretty, you know, pretty much full size track. Uh, and, you know, I think, the racing was good, you know, even the 450 class, it was awesome. The 250 class was stacked, you know, really good racing and things like that. So I think for sure, Melbourne, Melbourne's always been a good one. I enjoy going there, obviously, because it's my home country and, and stuff like that. But I think, you know, if we can move forward and have majority of events like in a Melbourne event, I think it's just going to um, grow and grow. So uh, awesome way to end the year. But I think, you know, next year, we've just got to kind of go off the Melbourne race and just keep keep building forward for that. Absolutely, uh, you on you're signed to CDR Yamaha this year. That's who you've been racing for. Um, how's it been on that team? How when you test? How much testing do you get to do? How much? How many resources does the team have to get you what you need? 
Look there, yeah, they've got a lot of resources. Duck has been around for uh, bloody bloody hell. He's been around forever. Mm-hmm. So he's um, built a lot of built a lot of relationships. He's got a lot of contacts. Um, gets good parts and stuff like that. So uh, you know, new bike this year. Uh, you know, the, the twenty twenty three Yamaha was a new new model. So uh, it took a long time, to be honest, for me to kind of get comfortable. I I and I don't. I don't know if I really did get comfortable in outdoors this year, to be honest. Um, I think in Supercross, that's a completely different story. It was an awesome bike in Supercross. And as soon as I rode the bike, I was like, oh, you know, on Supercross, I was like, this is really, really good. But I never really had that same feeling um, in outdoors, to be honest, with the with the new bike. Uh, and I don't, know, I don't know what that was. I don't know if it was just the way you know, the chassis is on the bike and, and kind of the parts and all the testing, you know, that we did. I, I just, yeah, it was just, it was really weird. But um, I think, yeah, for a Supercross bike, it's unreal. And, and that's why, you know, you look at you know, Tomac and stuff. And when he came out on it, he was just a complete animal on it. So, yeah, he's, um, he's a beast. Yeah. So I think even you look at Cooper Webb now and, and the way he's riding it, you know, in, in the preseason videos, he looks really good. But um, yeah, I just, it, it, it was, but yeah, like I said, with Duck, has got a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of kind of contacts over the years mm-hmm. he's, he's made and great horses. So, uh, he's, you know, it's been a, been a pleasure to, to ride, ride for over the years. And, um, yeah, it's been good. Well, let's wrap this thing up with, uh, two questions. One, what are your yeah. plans for 2024? Uh, I'm sure you're looking ahead as, as you are in the off season, what are your goals for next year? Well, I'll start off with my goals next year definitely is to, to get back to, to winning. Uh, you know, I ended this year with uh, a win, and uh, I think for me that's just kind of the best thing that could have happened for me in this whole off season. you know, just to sit here and think, you know, the confidence that I've taken out of that win for the whole off season slash preseason going into to round one next year with that, that confidence. You know, it couldn't have happened at a better time for me to end like that. Um, and, and World Supercross, you know, the last round to ride the way I did uh, and finally start to ride, you know, the way I should be. So, for sure, I'm going there next year to win, um, and that's motocross and supercross. You know, supercross battle again with the, the American boys that come over and, and World Supercross as well. Just, uh, you know, I want to, you know, be on the podium again and fighting for wins. So that's kind of the goal in that that, that sense. And But, yeah, next year it'll be um, – it will be a little bit different for me. Uh Obviously, uh, I can't say too much as of yet, but sure. uh, yeah, it'd be a little bit different for me. I think, yeah, different uh, kind of everything, pretty much. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There's some great people I've got uh, around me for next year. And um, yeah, I think next year will be it's going to be a good year. Looking forward to that. I'm going to close this out with a training question. Uh, when you're two, yep. three weeks out from the series, Vegemite or Tim yep. Tams? Oh, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really eat either. Okay. But if I had to pick one, it'd be, it'd be, if I don't, it'd be probably Vegemite, but wow. I'm a, I'm a peanut butter, I'm a peanut butter guy. Yeah, I, I had, uh, are you familiar with Peter Coward? He, he goes by Moose. He's a big Australian guy, shoots photos for a lot of, uh, Oh yeah, yeah. So he listens to our show and yeah. he sends me a care package a couple times a year, hundreds of yeah. things of Tim Tams and, he sent the Vegemite over a few years ago, and we did a taste test live on YouTube, me and my boys. And I don't know how you guys eat that stuff, man. I'm out. 
Yeah, I know. I know. All the American guys, they just can't do it. No, it's... I think you guys got the ratio wrong, though. You got to do a lot of you got to do a lot of butter and a little bit of Vegemite. I think that's where everyone goes wrong. I was told that we went way too heavy on the Vegemite. I was told that. Yeah, I knew that would be in the ratio is definitely out. But <laughs> I can imagine the Tim Tams. All the guys that I speak to, they love the Tim Tams. Oh man, I love those things. Every time I get a package, I'm excited <laughs> and. I have to watch myself because, yeah, I'm on troll training, so I have to be real careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, man, I went like that. Yeah. but uh, Well, Luke, man, it's been really great talking to you, and I w- really, really hope you make it over in 24 for some U.S. rounds. I'd love to visit with you in person. Perfect, man. No, I appreciate the call. Absolutely. You have a good rest of your uh, day over there in Australia or down there in Australia, and we'll talk to you soon, man. Yeah. All right. All right thanks, man. All right. Appreciate see you, buddy. All right, that's Luke Clout brought to you by FXR Racing. Really appreciate him coming on. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Okay, guys, we are back live. If you're on the YouTube chat, that was fun. We had some uh, good conversations going on. And if you're listening in post, you need to join the YouTube chat. Don't forget, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com. You can interact with the show. You can send us your thoughts on your top five or your your top pod, non-moto podcasts, uh, couple riders maybe that you're thinking of that you're excited to watch. We've got some other things coming up. Anything really that you want to communicate with us about, anything you want us to talk about, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. I still got a bunch of you guys reaching out through like Instagram. Not really the end of the world. I'll answer those, but I'd really, if you want to get involved with the show, the email would be better for me. So yeah, please, motoxpodshow at gmail.com. Hope you guys like that Luke Clout interview. Uh, but let's get into the X-Brand Forum check-in. X-Brand Goggles has grown into one of the premier goggle choices for many racers, including GNCC champions like Lyndon Snodgrass, Bryson Neal, Craig DeLong, Josh Strang, many others. Uh, Hunter Lawrence is wearing them with the Alpine Star branding, but they are still Lucid Goggles. Check out xbrand.com, eksbrand.com, or go to your local dealership. Ask for X-Brand Goggles, distributed through WPS. The X-Brand Forum check-in this week. Is posted by somebody named Queen of Spades. The topic, ooh, there's my voice just broke. Sound like Scotty. The topic was <laughs> off season boredom, posting a list of every bike you've ever owned. I thought it'd be kind of interesting to go through some of the bikes we've owned. Um, my list is sadly small. Okay, well, mine's not very long either. So I'm sitting there thinking, there's yeah, no his, way I can list them all. Yeah, I figured yours would be really long. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to I'm going to do mine first. Uh, first bike was a 1980 Weisinger 50. Then I had an 81 YZ80. And 89 RM125 was really the first bike when I actually discovered, really kind of discovered what motocross was and went to a track. Uh, my first bike I bought on my own, I was in high school, was a 93 CR250. Probably my favorite bike ever, mainly because it was the first one I ever bought with my own money. 2000 CR250. I got that a few years later after I'd kind of quit riding for a while. Then my 06 Honda 450, which I still own. You still have that one. It's still in parts. That's right. Uh, and then I had a 2015 Honda CRF 450 that if you guys have been a pulp listener for a long time, before I started even doing this show, my dad just came home from work one day and like, called me to the house, to their house, my parents' yep. house. And my nephew's like, hey... Jamie, you need to come in the garage. Uncle Jamie, you need to come in the garage. My dad had bought me at like 35 years old. He, had, I was 35-ish, 40. Decided to buy me a bike. Was It was used, right? No, it was brand new. He I just decided remember. I would probably never be able to afford one working at the city. Never splurge, and he thought I deserved one, so he bought me a bike. 
That was a cool bike, actually. Yeah, it was really cool. And then everything after that has been vital bikes. So those, that's my list of bikes. Um, I, I think the favorite would still be my 93 CR250. That was just cool. I'd love to still have that. Uh, Scotty, since yours is somewhat short, let's go to you. Um, my my first bike was a PW50 I got when I was, like, right as I was turning four. That's mm-hmm. cool. Had that same bike until I was nine. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I rode nice. the same bike until I was nine. <laughs> and it probably would still run today. Those things it are still, it, it outran. Okay, so it that bike and my dad's Honda CR125 got stolen. The in, With the insurance money back then, they used to. Oh, you had insurance on it. My dad did. Yeah, cool. And they, they had uh, back then they priced it as as if it was new. Oh, wow. Oh. So he bought he bought with that money from his ninety five CR one twenty five and my probably eighty nine PW fifty. <laughs> yeah. Um, we bought a brand new out of the crate PW fifty, a brand new out of the crate uh, KX sixty five, and he got a used KX two fifty. Wow, That's awesome. Nice. He might have spent a little bit of money to get his yeah. either way. Sure, sure. So uh and that that eighty nine, me and my dad talk about this. We actually mentioned it like not even that a couple weeks ago. That eighty nine PW fifty would outrun the brakes off of that brand new PW fifty got out of the crate. It was it was a uh what do they call it when you when you get just a bad like a a duck a lemon? A lemon. Yeah. It was a lemon, bro. That thing never that thing never ran like it was supposed to. The eighty nine would run circles around it. So anyways, so I went from that to a KX sixty five. A couple years later I got a KX eighty five. Um and then I got a O three KTM one twenty five. Uh and then I had That was a, the like the no no linkage. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you this. That thing had that thing never really liked to run that great but in the days that it did run there was no be- there was no better 125 just than that random bike. yeah it was yeah, you go to the track like maybe it will maybe it won't yeah, yeah exactly. it will it was the carburetor was real finicky yeah, i mean yeah. i had to do the air screw almost every time if, t- if it I changed remember. 10 degrees but sure, yeah when you when you had it right it ran good and after that cool. i had a 04 yz250 and then i i sold that when i was in college and then when I got back into riding in my late mid to late twenties, my dad had a 03 YZ250 that had been sitting on a sitting in the backyard for years. Rebuilt it, raced that. Then I had a uh, a YZ450. It was a 2011, and then now I have uh, my KTM uh, 2017 KTM 450. That's almost back knows. together. Everybody almost knows back about. <laughs> Yeah, I got my. I still have my very first dirt bike. It was a. Pipe. Oh yeah, you have it up on the hanging in your shop. I don't now, but I did in my other shop. I had yeah. it hanging. I'm gonna put it back up there. But it's a, it's a pipe frame mini bike called a Fox Scrambler. Had like a little pull, little like Briggs and Stratton style motor on it. And then for a long time, I just after that, I turned 15, got my motorcycle license, and rode street bikes until I was like 20, and race quads. It had like I don't know four or five quads like back when Suzuki was giving me stuff and then switched over to a YZ, I mean a Honda 125 and then I've had a bunch of bikes. Yeah. Too many to name. Yeah. Um, yeah, that honestly, my favorite bike though was the YZ 125 with the 144 big board kit. Oh yeah. That's that's my most favorite bike I've ever had. What year was that one? It was, the aluminum frame. Oh, it's like 05, somewhere around there. Yeah, it was aluminum frame, but I can't remember. That was the so, first year they did that. Even though I'm not supposed to have our chat open still because we had it open during the loot cloud thing. And uh, CBH148 says, what were you thinking selling a 93 CR250? And I gave a response. But at that time, I was like 19, maybe 20. And I yeah. got, I 
I punctured my first lung and broke my first collarbone. And I healed up a few months later. And the day that I healed was like released to go ride. I went riding. I broke my pelvic bone. And I was just like, I'm done. I'm never going to ride again. So I sold the bike literally that night. And yeah, I got rid of it. And I hated it. I've never said that about riding. Well, I did. And I I regretted it. Of course, what's crazy, this would have been probably 95. I would say 10 years ago. Yeah. I saw that bike back in White Oak where I live, White Oak, Texas, um, literally the small town I live in. And I knew it was that bike because I had stripped it and painted the frame yellow. I'd put the 94 CR graphics on it, which were yellow. And I did something really dumb when I was 19. I, I took all the, like the brake lines and the clutch, the, um, Oh my god! The, what are you What are you thinking? Well, I don't know yet. Come on! Well, he just said, "Oh my god!" I, I had colored electrical tape, and you I wrapped, wrapped them. <gasps> that tape was still on there. It the probably, frame was still yellow. I would have protected them. Yeah. So, but I saw. I was driving by, and I saw the bike. I was like, "Holy shit! That's my '93!" And it was just destroyed. Wrote. You should have bought it. I went, and knocked on the guy's door. He wanted like two grand for it. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> I don't even think I sold like, it I for two you grand. Five hundred bucks for it. It was destroyed. There was it was Did it, run? it didn't look like it would run. It might have, but it it you couldn't didn't. have been like. There's no way he had done like a top end. It was just it was trash. Yeah, but so, what'd you sell it for? Uh, at the like, why did I sell no, it? How I, much? I think I got. Two grand for it in like ninety five. <laughs> he still wanted to, yeah, I, yeah, in the two thousands. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved to have that bike back, and it would have taken me a long time to repair it, especially then. But I know, I know anyway. how you feel about that. I know people won't care about this, but yeah. I had I built a chopper at my shop years ago, and um, a lot of really custom, awesome parts. Built the frame. I mean, I used a. Um, I can't remember what year it was in the nineties when the or early two thousands when Cowie had the blue. Uh, anodized forks. I don't know oh, if yeah, the, yeah. The upper, oh, I don't remember the year either, but yeah. I used a set of those forks because <laughs> I wanted a front brake on it. And, dude, I loved that bike. And I search for it, like, once a week on Facebook Marketplace trying to find it for sale because it was a Honda CB750 motor. And yeah, I, if I find that bike, I, I mean, whatever it costs, I'll buy it. Switching topics real quick. I, I got to get off this chat, because. but John Sheets <laughs> just said, I'm sorry, but how did the Bradshaw and Dark Clip get started? So, obviously, maybe a relatively new listener. So, I'll, yep. I'll give the story that I'm going to close. Ch- I'm closing chat out right now, actually. Um, so, John, yeah, I, uh, I was at a fly ride day in 2020. And Cycle Ranch. At Cycle Ranch. Damon Bradshaw was there, and he had, I'd never met him before introduced myself we visited a little bit and he was he had the brand new 2020 oh, it was more than that though what's that because you're missing the part that y'all were sitting around playing pool oh, that was the night before the night before that it doesn't really have anything to do with it, it does kind of because that's what that's what like there was like some branch oh bonding. well yeah we did yeah. we i guess we did meet the night before shooting pool he and i played t- three games of pool and you beat him i beat him on the third game and you and he hated it he wasn't stoked. <laughs> I don't usually tell people that he beat me the first two. I just say I beat Bradshaw playing pool. There you go. And what was happened, the game before, lies, so now we're way lies off top. upon lies. The game, no, the game before, well, actually, the first two games came down to the eight ball, and he beat me on both. But I missed the eight ball so, like, the eight ball could not have been any closer to falling in the pocket without falling in. Yeah. And I was, like, freaking out. And I remember saying, that eight ball was your championship. That's how close it was. Damn. That was basically my first real interaction with Damon. Next day, 
I ask if I can ride his bike, and I guess I have to give a little backstory. I'd been having some issue with my arm going numb. I'd had a pinched nerve, and I hadn't been riding very much because I just my hand was numb all the time. And coming into this weekend, I actually felt good. So I rode Friday, Saturday, and then I was riding Sunday. Why are you laughing? I, I don't want to say it. Is it something in chat that I closed? No, oh, no. Oh, anyway. I was going to say something funny, but go ahead. I was just going to say, your arms must not be going numb anymore because you're single and having to use them. Oh, yeah. I'm using them <laughs> I, uh, yeah, daily. Uh, but anyway, Damn. I put a lot of time in, and then I came off the track, and I asked Damon if I could ride the brand-new 20 Yamaha. Maybe it was 21 because it was, it was I think 21. it was 2020, so it was a 21 Yamaha. And he had just gotten a bike that weekend. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And I rode it, I don't know, 20 minutes, Decided to get off the main track, went to the little back track they had where nobody was at, lost track of where I was, and there's like a wall jump that you kind of break check and Single. roll down. And and I launched off of it, and I'd been tired. My hand was starting to go numb, and when I landed off this wall jump single thing, my body just collapsed, chest into the handlebars, collapsed along, broke a couple ribs, <gasps> had my GoPro going, and caught that audio. And that night in the hospital... Maybe the next day. I feel like it was that night. Could have been the next day. I was listening to it. I was like, this is like embarrassing, but there's no way. Like, I have to send it to send this to Steve Mathis. It's too funny to not use. And yeah, so I sent it to him. So uh, I threw myself under the bus. I you literally didn't say the whole, this is Brad. I fucked up Bradshaw's bike so soon. It was probably 10, 15 minutes into the, the GoPro just running. I just edited it together because it was funny. Um, so yeah, that's the story. I just knew it was, it was funny enough that I didn't really care if I was going to get made fun of it. I, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it was. So that's the backstory. Um, yeah. And, all right. And then his buddies had to all come together and get your bike home and your chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, they didn't. Mark was supposed had we, Mark Poole, who used to be a host of the show yeah. was going to come down there and pick me up and get my truck and yeah. bring me back. But the schedule wasn't working out, and my girlfriend at the time, Amber, drove down and to, to be with me for a few days yeah. in the hospital. And I just was like, fuck it. I'm gonna, when they released me, I had to take me to my truck, and I drove home. So I drove myself home oh, okay. three or four days after. Uh, Mark was going to come. And just, he Fully could, loaded your stuff up for you? Um, somebody at the track, I think. Fully did. I think. Oh, yeah, it was fully. I was going to say, yeah, I, I think somebody else helped him, but fully loaded it um, from the Cherubis. Uh, and yeah, that was it. So no, I actually did drive myself home, but, mm. um, but that, yeah, that's the story. Uh, let's see there. I, I left the, I, I left. Oh, you were there that the day before the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six D emails since its inception, almost 12 years ago, 60 helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection from the original ATR one to a successor of the ATR two. The goal is to develop a revolutionary design concept, utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. Since the helmet is the most important piece of protective equipment you will purchase, go visit 60helmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Uh, I forgot to mention last week that we did get a winner of the FXR Casual and the Tim Tams. It was Nicholas Carter. Oh, I thought it was me. Nick Nicholas, uh, I have not sent the Tim Tams out. I will. I promise you I still have them. I'll get them out to you. I hope you got the FXR. Let me know if it's come in. If not, I will get with FXR. Uh, I'm going to pull all these. I just screenshot all these emails because we actually got a fair amount. All right. This first one should be from... Uh, this is actually actually Nick's... Hang on. Yeah, this is Nick's, the guy that won. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you guys for providing, providing great moto content on a mostly weekly basis. 
I don't have any concerns with the show as I believe the length, because we I think we did talk about show length, and your non-biased attitudes are very digestible. Keep up the good work. My wife and our three little girls are avid in our local moto scene and would greatly appreciate some moto giveaway merch. Great show and keep it going strong. And he offered, if I'm ever in the area, uh, we'd love to ride or help out as a personal aid of any working events. So, again, Nick, thank you so much for that. That means a lot. Scott Toole sent in super awesome to hear from Colt Nichols. That was last week on the show, as well as Benny previously. Loved both interviews. I think it would be good to hear from Carlin Gardner if possible. And, yeah, man, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to Carlin. We'll get him on. It's been a long time since we've talked to him. Tyler Sutton said, hey, you guys should get a hold of Chris Canning for winning the J-Day Championship up here in New England. Love the show. That's actually a really good suggest- suggestion, too. Haven't talked to Chris in a while. Uh, Checker sent one in based off uh, my yeah. race tech read last week, and you kind of explained valves and all that, and he said that you did a really good job. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I said, TJ, for, thanks t- Thanks to TJ for providing the backup. 100%, 100% correct on the description. So good job, TJ. Huh. You're welcome. That's the only compliment you're going to get, and that was from Checkers. The Checkers is the man, and he's like one of my favorite persons, and we're best friends now. Absolutely. DJ Hall said, I just emailed for a chance for the FXR stuff, but figured I'd also mention I'm a first-time listener. I listen to the Pulp Show all the time and see the brutal abuse you put up with. Just wanted to give some positive feedback on your show. Keep doing what you're doing. Also, next time you're at the Pulp Compound, can we get an actual measurement on those ceilings? <laughs> Are we talking 10, 20, or 30 feet? Um, DJ, I don't know if I have a tape hey, that long, and I don't know how the hell I'd get it up there. I've got a, I've got a laser tape <laughs> oh, measure yeah. that I will send Is it like 30-foot, 40-foot ceilings? It probably goes up to the second floor. That's all it Just is. It's like an open Yeah, like an open it's, I think it's definitely, but it's not, it's like two floors typically would be, what, about 16? I don't know. Plus my, or minus the individual. It's more than that. I think it's probably 25. My son's house is ish. like that. Yeah. My, my, my oldest son's house. It's like, yeah, when you, it walk, might be 30 when you're in the living room, it's, but I don't think so. It's as high. I mean, like, I don't know how they change the light bulb up there. Like seriously, no, you like, have to get like scaffolding or something. They, he yeah. said, my son said they have a pole that like extends, oh, extends, yeah, yeah, and then sense. it has a little deal that grabs like the bulb. A, yep. Something yeah. like that. But yeah. Uh, DJ went on to say, I know you've recently done a few GNCCs. And they do seem cool. I have not raced any of them, but have done a few AWRCS races, which are a similar, smaller scale in my area, Western Pennsylvania. Another off-road series that has caught my eye, which I plan to try, the U.S. Sprint Enduros. Uh, He goes on. But yeah, uh, DJ, I think I'd like to try some of those Sprint Enduros also. Zaphod Beeblebrox sent in another email. And again, yes, um, Highway. The fuck did I call that? What is that book called? The um, Gower, Garden, galaxy, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. No. <laughs> Jesus, it's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, I started reading that once. I never fit, but it went, like I remember that name, Zaphod Beeblebrox, from yeah, that. I think I think now you said that it sound that sounds rings a bell. I've only seen that movie like five hundred. I times. tried watching the movie and I just I've never heard. I've never seen it. It's a pretty famous book, but it's like a almost a cult book. Like really, like it's almost like Lord of the Rings. This I think where there are people that read it over and over and over and just right obsessed with it. Uh, but Zaphod says, what's y'all's prediction for Max Anstey, which we sort of touched on, in 2024 Supercross? No one is talking about him as a contender, but he's really solid year last year. Spent a lot of time on the podium, even got a race win. I think he'll be in the mix, and I agree. Don't you think he, like, like fizzled out? I He, 
Like you know what I'm saying? Like like it came in with a he lot a, with a he head had of a steam. Down, some down so you know how they you know how they usually say that like you can't you can't win the championship in the first round, but you can lose it kind of yeah. thing. I think it was kind of the I think he was kind of the opposite. Like I think he just he, he sort got of petered out. Well he got yes. it he got himself into a position where he was in points and then he kinda of just yeah. he just kind of maintained. And I, I certainly think he's capable of being a podium guy and a championship contender. So I, I'm not I am not taking him out of that contention. Like I'm not gonna say nope, nah, he doesn't have a chance for any I think he definitely has a legitimate chance. He'll have to stay consistently because Thrasher got hurt, and then yeah. like Jordan Smith missed a main and stuff like that. I'm so. not writing him off. Uh, I think he can. I, I put him, to answer the question, I would put him podium to fourth or fifth, somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Last one here, th- and this actually came from Instagram. I kind of said I wouldn't really use these on air, but uh, this guy, Glenn underscore V underscore, called us out, and I think it was a little bit fair on all of us. All of us. Hey, mate, sorry not emailing, but I was a big listener of the wrap-up show and then followed your pods to the Vital Network. I got to say, for the most part, enjoyed your honesty and kookiness, but your latest Vital episodes, I feel, are constant bagging on anything World Supercross or Australian Supercross. I've been critical of some of the World Supercross, but at the end of the day, Melbourne Supercross was better than at least some of the worst or average Supercross live races. What yeah, you, why what are you, you lumping us into this? That's because you. you, TJ... We're like, oh, I don't yeah, care. You, yeah, you no, kind of did. I, I don't. I don't care about. And the I said Supercross, I don't but, care that much. And I, mean, I said I said the track was pretty cool at that one, but I couldn't tell what was going on because it was like two races. Yeah, and, but you were kind of like, yeah, yeah whatever. I don't I really don't. care. And I don't care for, about the, for the Aussies. Like, well, hey, let just me so he knows. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Don't piss on Australians constantly, which I don't think we do. That man, we oh, love our Aussies. How oh. we just had Luke Cloud on. Yeah, uh, Nick yeah. and and uh, Trent, for, formerly from Moto Limited. We love those guys. And Mighty Car Mods is the best. <laughs> that had more. If anything, it had more to do with the series than that. Than that. Than yeah, because Paris, I yeah. didn't give a crap about Paris either. You know, it has nothing to do with. Yeah. So I, I do want to say again. Yeah, Glenn, definitely don't mean like I, oh, I certainly don't want to offend Australia. you guys, Australians. We love Australians. It w- there was some good racing. I didn't find it as exciting as American Supercross, but he's not completely wrong. At least there was some racing going on. Scotty, anything? Yeah, I I remember saying that I was glad that there was racing and that I liked the track. I don't I yeah. poo poo anything. And just just so he knows, like like it has nothing to do with Australia right. and the World Supercross. Thing. We love you, cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the. The only thing I would say is it's just the whole buildup. I was actually, if, if anybody goes back and listens, I was amped about World Supercross. Yeah, yeah. I was really excited about it. And then as the series slowly burned away like and petered off like Anstey's season, then I was um, less and less excited about it. And by the way, if you're an American and happen to, especially happen to be a female listening to this and don't understand – uh, cunt is a positive in Australia. It's like saying, what's up, buddy? Please don't be offended. I have had somebody reach out, and my wife was sort of offended by you saying cunt, and I was like, and I explained, and they were like, oh, okay, but yeah, just, if you listen to the show, just don't, just don't be offended, man. We don't mean anything negative, you know, like, we're just having fun. Uh, okay, two more two more segments, and we'll wrap this thing up. I'm Hope offended you guys- when he calls me an idiot. Yeah, you shouldn't be offended. I mean, you've literally said I'm an idiot. Oh, that's true. Never mind. <laughs> you shouldn't be offended by that. I mean, like, why? You're you're an idiot. But that's true. The, oh, stop acting like an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. The <laughs> only <laughs> drop he ever uses. Yeah, it's the like only one you have. Well, I think. Thanks to that guy earlier. Oh shit! That's Damon Bradshaw's mic. <laughs> fucked up. 
can't fucking believe I did that. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Motul Shine and Go. Give your ride at Shine Back. The Motul E10 Shine and Go is our go-to detailer for all of our bikes. Motul E10 Shine and Go. Sprays clean and restores plastic to... to spray, oh, I, oh, yeah. I want to try, try that stuff. Restores plastic to like new condition while leaving a protective film that repels dirt and grime. It smells like citrus, which is, which is almost as cool as your garage smelling like race gas. You can not You can find this and our entire Motul Power Sports product lineup at shopmotul.com or go to your local dealership and ask for Motul products. If you go to shopmotul.com, use pro, promo code VITAL20 to receive 20% off your order of $50 or more. Uh, this week, we're changing it from the Motul TJ's Tech Tip because Scotty... TJ said it's really hard to come up with a tech tip. I came up with one too every week. Yeah, that, uh, since he's here, so thank many you. Times. That's what I said. You come like once a month. That's twelve. It would be so much easier tips. if somebody asked questions, but like I don't think y'all realize that. Like, well, we're gonna skip it this week. We have a new segment that we're gonna try. I love it. We're gonna do the Motul Top Five. And sorry for those that just want to hear the motocross stuff. We are doing our top five favorite cereals. <laughs> All right. Okay. Neither one of you, so I was a little disappointed, this. really care about cereal as much as I do. I'm going to go first. Okay. We're going to start with five. Okay. And this was very difficult for me because I freaking love cereal. I don't understand how it could be. Anyways. It's my favorite I, food group. But okay. But just, which I can't group. eat as much anymore. <laughs> There's. Anyways, what we can say? There's so many cereals. There's like 500 different cereals. I don't think there's any. There probably okay. is. Have you? I yeah. bet there's at least a hundred if you go down that aisle. No, if you look where all the bags and stuff are, there's not that many selections. I knew you're. I when I was coming with this idea, of texting you, I was like, "Tj's going to go to the Malto Meal." Hey, you have to. I, it's the actually, same thing. I didn't put. It is not the same thing. I didn't put one of the one of those like off brand ones oh. in my list, but well, it should be. But I I, I stuck to the name All brand. Right, well, stuff. let me get mine. Well, hold on. I'm just gonna, this is not part of my list. But oh. there there was one that was it was called Blueberry Muffin Tops, and it was kind <sighs> of it was kind of it was like a blueberry like muffin. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. That was dang. okay. But I, didn't, right. I didn't put it in there because I kept it. Yeah. I kept it name brand. Well, I'm going to go, starting from five, Apple Jacks, Cocoa Krispies, Frosted Krispies, which aren't even made anymore, but those were my jam, Fruity Pebbles, and at number one, Captain Crunch. Oh, you oh, didn't even have the best one in there. Those are all... Honorable mention, Booberry, which only comes out around Halloween, and Maple and Brown Sugar Frosted Mini Weights, which are, once again are not made anymore. Yeah, those are mine. Those are like the those are, those are worst. Horrible. <laughs> there is no way. Like Captain Crunch or Fruity Pebbles have to be in everybody's Pebble, top three. Yeah, Fruity want, Pebbles are okay. Dude, but, I mean, I could, if they didn't make them anymore, I could damn sure no, live Captain without Crunch them. Is like, the if you're going to eat Captain Crunch, just go buy a box of nails. It's probably cheaper. No, nails are very expensive. <laughs> and how does those, that compare? They're like know. they always they always say that like it, it messes like, up the roof of your mouth. Or like eating like a uh, what do you call it? A butterfinger. Stop acting like an idiot. <laughs> You're the that's on you. Yeah, that's on, that's on <laughs> Scotty for sure. Go buy a box of nails. <laughs> yeah, he's hey, pieces right, of shit. Who's breakfast. next? Go ahead, TJ. Okay. Well, no, you have a story. You go, Scotty. You go next. Fair enough. Why, why does he TJ have, has a story. 
What do you mean? Why does a childhood story? story about cereal? Oh, okay. So we'll, um, we'll close this segment my, out with him. My top five, which I it's been a long time since I really do. I'm gonna go cereal. buy cereal now. Yeah, I, it has <laughs> actually made me want to go get some. But maybe we should do that instead of McRibs. We'll just, <laughs> no, McRibs. No, yeah. McRibs are better. Oh, yeah, than we're cereal. going for McRibs again. I don't know if we said that on air tonight. No, McRibs for sure. McRibs for life. <laughs> that's uh, a uh, what do you call? That's a, like what do you call it when you do something every time? That's a uh, tradition, tradition now until they're gone. Yeah, McRibs, McRibs for life. Since we're not doing another episode, that's for, true. Uh, my top five are, I'm going to go with Honeycombs at five. Okay, it's not a bad one. Tricks at four. Tricks is, Tricks was on my almost list. Yep. Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch at three. It's way too far down. Uh, Honey Bunches of Oats at two. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, uh, with the almonds and it's the little clusters? Oh, the clusters That's are That's a texture so good. one for me. I don't uh, like, I like, I like it. the clusters. I'm with you. Yeah, that. and then number one is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I haven't oh, had that, but I heard that's really good. so good. Yeah. I, I, I guess after McDonald's, I'll make a run through the grocery store. Yeah, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'll add Cups that. For, I need to try it. I, I'll give you that one. You used, used to have the old commercial, it's Reese's for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think ours are actually, mine and him are pretty close. Uh, uh, and then uh, CBH. Uh, posted one up that reminded me of my that moved into my fifth spot was Lucky Charms the knockoff version. Oh my god! But hold on, hold on. <laughs> did he say the knockoff no, version? You're saying the knockoff. Yeah. I'm saying you're the knockoff dude, version. But listen, is the most high top dude I've <laughs> no, ever no, no, seen. No, 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 no. You're right about that. I will, but the, the high top's not even a thing. I anymore, know that's but, yeah. what I think of him when I think of high top. Yeah. The the Lucky Charms knockoff version has a lot more like of the little <laughs> marshmallows? marshmallows in it. It does. But do they taste as good? See, you'll say yes. Good. They're just as good. You're yes. a liar. You're you're a liar. Like why did they just why did they just they should have just made it with the marshmallows because that's the only reason. Well, they you ate do it. that like with the 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 um, Captain Crunch to do like uh, oops berries. Oh, oh yeah. oops, we made a batch with only berries. Yeah. Oops, yeah, those yeah. are good. Yeah. So then the um, Frosted Flakes with no milk. Really, Let, no milk. It's like eating like like popcorn. Chips? Okay, I love, it. I love popcorn. Flakes. Anyways, Frosted Flakes are like popcorn, or just eating it. No, be- it's, it's like popcorn. I like popcorn, but like if if we're like going to watch a movie at the house, okay. I would okay. eat it instead yeah, of popcorn. Yeah. yeah. Um, honey, uh, the honey bunches of oats was yeah. kind of in that way you said. Yeah, yeah. that's what he said. Yeah, that stuff's there, really good. There's a couple of different versions of yeah, it. Yeah, they're flavors. all kind of the same yeah. thing. But um, Reese's number two. And number one cannot be beat. It doesn't matter if you buy the cheap one. It doesn't matter if you buy the expensive one. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is the best cereal ever made, period. I disagree, but I will. This is going to be the cereal connoisseur I am. I literally just had my first bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch in this last week. That's so good. For some reason, no I... List, you haven't had peanut butter cups. You just now had Cinnamon Toast that, Crunch. No wonder your list is... The, but he has, it's, like, he, it's, it's five we, miles long, but he hasn't had the good cereals. Yeah. Are we uh, Are we all in conjunction that Dark Side loses on this list? Yes. Moto X-Pod right Show, gmail.com. Yeah. I want your thoughts on our cereal list, why I was right. Uh, or if I was wrong, wrong, I won't. I won't acknowledge that those exist. But yeah, let's send them in. I, I will give you cinnamon toast crunch. I loved it. I, I didn't. For some, I don't know why I was so adamant about that. I wouldn't like it. So good. But I tr- I tried it. I love it. And I, I I've went never the whole had box the. In a couple I haven't days. had the French toast. Crunch. Don't tell troll, please. I haven't had that. Yeah. You haven't had what? The fr- they have a French toast crunch now. I, I have, saw that when I went to buy and that. They have, and I they, was torn. And they have a and they have a churros one. <laughs> Dude. Did, Don't buy you the churros, hey, Kit Kats. They're gross. You being the Wendy's fan, remember I showed, sent you a picture mm. of the uh, Frosties. They had like a Frost Wendy's Frosty cereal. I went and bought some. Was it any good? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> so real quick, cereal. Oh, so yeah, what's I, your story? When real quick, when I was a kid, I wanted grape nuts, real bad. 
And my mom's like, those are going to be gross. You're not going to eat those. They I'm sound like, gross. I know. I'm right. like, you put I, them in yogurt, right? I'm like, I really want grape nuts because it's a grape nut cereal. You know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah, and, yeah. and I was all about it. My mom's like, no. At, at our house, like if you bought cereal, you had to eat it all before you got any more of that kind of rule. And so I went down there that day. I went down there, poured me a big old bowl <laughs> of what wind up being basically dirt and rock. Yeah. It's, it's so gross. Why is it called grape nuts? There's I don't no know. grapes in it. There's no grapes. There's no nuts. It's nothing but Wait. just crap and so i i was like oh this is terrible but i can't like apple jacks no i can't throw it away i made a big fuss about wanting this yeah yeah and so like every morning for however long that box lasts i'd go outside and i'd <laughs> sprinkle some over the fence you're talking about <laughs> just and then i remember one morning in particular where i was like i was like i was a little extra hungry today and sprinkled a little more out trying to make it <laughs> yeah. so i went for like a week with no breakfast because i had to oh, slowly make it yeah. go away yep no they i used my dad used to give us grape nuts with yogurt like you would put like you i think them. people do yeah yeah where are you guys at with cheerios regular cheerios for, like for babies it's like the worst cereal uh they, i kind of would i would eat them i'd rather have them just like a like a snack like rather like just like Toss some Cheerios Plain, back. Yeah. Yeah, honey Nut Cheerios, you can yeah, do honey, that. Okay. Honey Nut Cheerios But the, the reg- plain Cheerios? Oh, never mind. Oh, no, I thought no. we were talking about no, Honey Nut Cheerios. No, regular plain-ass Cheerios. Yeah. Even mm. Wheaties. Like, Wheaties sucks. Now, um, is Wheaties the frosted thing? No, that's Frosted Flakes. They do have Frosted no, I mean, Frosted, frosted Wheaties. There's a box of them right there with Dungy on them. Just yeah, plain I don't, ever, I don't think I've ever ate Wheaties. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. They're not good. They're not. Yeah. I think I think Cheerios would be my least favorite of all the cereals. I like how three of Wheaties. his were like they don't even make them in this anymore because they're because they're because they're terrible. Yeah, that's, that's why they stopped <laughs> Two making of, them. Dude, Frosted Krispies, dude. dude uh, Rice Krispie Treat cereal was yeah that incredible, was incredible, and they quit making that too. So you yeah, can't you can't Rice put that Krispie in the category. Treats. Frosted Krispies were fucking awesome. And my my uh, I when I was growing up, I'd go spend some a couple uh, weeks every summer at one of my aunt's house, mm-hmm. and she was real real frugal, which is real like. Just always made sure that they ate everything that they did and stuff. Oh, yeah. And they would, what they would do is they would, they'd buy like the off brand, like Rice Krispie treats. And then they would, you, that would be like the base of your cereal. And then you throw the cocoa puffs on top. So you're not just eating just straight cocoa puffs. I used to make my cereal just because I yeah, like to. Yeah. Just to, just to like, to kind of, you know, yeah. get more bang for your buck. And corn I thought pops. that was good. That's another one. You guys like corn pops? The yellow. I went with honeycombs oh, instead. I love corn pops. I went with honeycombs instead. I like corn pops better than honeycombs, but honeycombs are. I like you are less. underappreciated. I like no, you they, less. They now. don't still make That's cookie like crisp, do they? Yeah, I think so. Cookie crisp oh, was cookie good crisp. too. I never. I, I think I had that once, but it wasn't one of my favorites. But you like kicks then too, didn't you? I used to love berry berry kicks. And then they changed I literally the formula. Want to say curse words. <laughs> then they changed the formula, and they weren't as good. I remember when Gunner was born around ninety seven. I was probably eating a box a week. Y'all of that. might have. Do y'all remember when they they they? We're was, gonna do twenty minutes. I don't eat cereal. breakfast. This is awesome. Do, do y'all remember when they did football or fucking cereal, guys? <laughs> do cereal X Pod. Do y'all remember when they did uh, Oreos? We or, should Ore- do like a taste like, test every week. It was like Oreos. Do y'all yeah, remember? I think they still have those. They too. still have those. There's mm, some cereal. Like heard of them. I was googling cereal stuff too. And there was bag. like a bunch of one offs that used to happen, and a lot of. Like there'll be the Star Wars cereal and the Barbie cereal. Those oh, are kind of those one-offs. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. The Halloween, like I said, the blueberry. I also like the Frankenberry. I've never had those. Really? Frankenberry was good. Which one? Oh wait, what was the one with the Count Chocula? Count Chocula. Yeah, I think there were some other ones that didn't stick around as long, but those three were the kind of the staples. Wait, what was your top five again? Uh, Apple Jacks. Yeah. Cocoa Krispies. Yeah. yeah. 
I could have went Fruit Loops instead of Apple Jacks, but I, I thought you said Fruit Loops. No, uh, Frost uh, Fruity Pebbles was my oh, two. And Fruity Fro- Pebbles is good. Yeah, the, the Flintstones, right? Yeah. I, yeah, you get a lot. Like, like it's a good deal too. Like they because pow- they're so small. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you're so, much. so many of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sport and Wood just said diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah, don't guys don't tell troll. I'm not really eating a lot of that now, but I have been. Well. <laughs> I bought the uh, cinnamon toast crunch. I pretty much demolished that whole box in a week. But <laughs> other you, than that, I, ha- I like haven't been milk? eating cereal in a were long you doing time. It with like skim milk or two percent? Two percent? Okay. Oh, yeah. really? It's just watered down yeah. milk. Just you buy just, some regular well, milk and water not, it milk's down. Milk's not good for you, supposedly. <laughs> milk is so good for you. I eat like I like to try to eat things that like, I don't eat vegetables. Dairy's not good for you, anyway. Supposedly. That's baloney. Uh, all right, Dairy. all right. Let's wrap this thing up. Last segment of the night: the prox highs and lows. Rooted in racing for motocross off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki and Pro Yamaha and SLR Honda, Prox has been dedicated to the supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, I bet Scotty wishes he went to Prox because they aim to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search for parts for your bike. I said that because you're not getting your parts for it. He's got the piston. He's got all that stuff. He's just waiting on the head. Well... You should have got it from Prox. Cylinder, I guess. Uh, Prox highs and lows. I'll go first. Niners beating the Eagles. Scott Foster, who we talked briefly talked about last week, uh, is part of one of the um, members at Cycle Land. Yeah, they do still have that property for now. Maybe a number of years. They don't know how long it's going to be before they start. Let's go ride. So, well, he was he invited us down. uh, I don't know how many can come, but like the weekend of New Year's Eve. They're going to go down there and shoot fireworks off and ride. I'm leaving that Sunday. I might Ooh. really go Saturday night. I'm in. So that, but anyway, that was a high when I got that call today. Lows, no racing this weekend, and the fact that I can't ride this weekend and I didn't get to ride last weekend because some uh, my my I shared this the teeth off the sprocket and I haven't been able to get another another set of sprockets and chains in. So that's my highs and lows. Scotty, I'm going next. No, you go next, TJ. Okay, TJ. Um, it actually. They're kind of the same thing. I bought that land next door, had no plans to do anything with it, and my high is the dirt up there winds up being absolutely amazing, and the low is the dirt up there absolutely amazing, and I spend a bunch of time building the track. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I guess uh, uh, my my high was that the, the Eagles lost, and my low was that the 49ers really – I didn't really want them to win by that much because now everybody's <laughs> talking about how awesome the 49ers Dude, are. So the best it was kind of a lose-lose, but it, it set up the Cowboys good for this weekend. So that's what I'm looking forward to. There won't be a show next week, but my high will be the Eagles beating the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I know you don't. Uh, okay, guys. Thanks to our title sponsors, Race Tech and Boyson, and our all of our sponsors, including <laughs> X-Brand. What's up? Oh, Pro X. <laughs> Guts, FXR, 60, Motul, WSA, what are, is it oh. chat room stuff? <laughs> what we got? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I also want to thank Nate Thrasher, Bubba Polly, and Luke Clout for the interviews. Uh, nothing that we can talk about on air. You're just going <laughs> to laugh and let the listeners wonder what's going on? No, our listeners know so, what's going on. because Not all the of chat. them because they Dino, don't all Dino do said, I'm not down with pork. And then I typed in there, pork is amazing. But, but I like typed it real fast and I put the word porn is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, YouTube chat, guys. Wednesday nights when we're doing live shows. If you got time, join chat's in. amazing. Yeah. MotoXPodShow at gmail.com for any of your thoughts. Getting involved. Give us your top five cereals. Give us your 
writers you're interested in watching, you know, why you're interested in watching them, uh, what were some of the other ones, podcasts, anything else, any topics, anything you want us to talk about. No show the next couple of weeks. I think the next show is going to be the week leading into A1. I should be in California by then. We'll keep you guys posted. Thanks for listening. We are out.